and this is episode 63 of the Galactic Dads podcast. Today we'll be joined by a special guest from the Comic Shop Couch podcast, and we'll be talking about Jupiter's Legacy, the Loki trailer, Army of the Dead on Netflix, the Eternals trailer, and also some big news from video games moving into an animated film. All that, plus we have beers of the week, dad jokes, and much, much more. So stick around. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? The Galactic Dads Podcast, a podcast by Geeky Dads, talking about all things geek, dad life, I am the father, and beyond. Language. All right, everybody, what is up? I am B with the Galactic Dads podcast, and we are your dad destination for all things geek, dad life, and beyond. Of course, that includes bits of dad advice for your daddy issues. We talk comics, video games, TV shows, movies, and of course, whatever else strikes us is worthy to talk about. But we hope you enjoy the show. Uh, today is a very special episode, as I am joined by one of my good, good friends uh, that I actually met at a Comic-Con and became fast friends with. Uh, it is Joe President from the Comic Shop Couch Podcast. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Brandon. It is a pleasure. I know we've been talking about getting you on the show for, it feels like, almost two years now. Uh, yeah, it has. <laughs> I mean, uh, actually, I do recall back in the day uh, when I had the idea for this podcast, I was like, Joe, like, what do you think about this idea? And you were supportive, and here we are now, almost two years later, uh, running a weekly show almost. Yes, I uh, I am very proud of you, oh, and I am excited oh, to see. <laughs> I'm excited to see all the things that you're doing because, like we were conversing earlier, you I've witnessed the, kind of the birth of this and your ideas, and then just to see where you're going with this. It's just it's pretty awesome, and it lights a fire underneath my butt as well. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Let's talk about that. It lets a fire under yeah. your butt for, for your show, the Comic Shop Couch Podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. when we were going through this, you and I were kind of going uh, with ideas back and forth of what we wanted to do. And I know you were like on fire with that. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I'd like to do this. I'd like to do this. But um, kind of, <laughs> you know how I am. Uh so when I see you coming out, and this is episode 63, and <laughs> we are just dropped episode 14, and this is kind of starting around the same thing, it, it, it kind of shows a little bit where I want to be like, all right, we got to put a little bit more out <laughs> just to keep it going. But uh, It's a struggle to put stuff out con- uh, consistently is the real struggle. But if you can do it, it really helps. It helps the show gain momentum. Um, but, oh, absolutely. But let's talk about your show. Let's plug it. Let's plug the heck out of it. Everybody who's listening to this um, already knows about the Galactic Dads, and we thank them for listening. Uh, but they probably don't know enough about your show. Who's on it? What do you guys talk about? All right. So my name is Joe Perezident. It's a play on my name, Joe Perez. My co-host, Marco the Heretic, Superior Raw, and Dickie Wren, all made up names 
just kind of fit in our personalities. It is the comic shop couch. So we talk about anything and everything. You think comic, comic shop, comic books, movies, pop culture, video games. I kind of based it off of growing up in the old school 80s, late 80s, early 90s comic book shops that were everywhere in Wisconsin where you'd go and almost every single one had a couch. And I think we explained this in one of our episodes where this comes from. There was always a couch in it. And I would always go, I was young, and I would be there reading my comic books, buying my comic books. There's always older guys sitting down on the couch with their sodas, their comic books, talking with the owner or talking with the person who was selling behind the counter, sitting on the couch, talking about everything and anything. And I would always want to like get into their conversations, but just scared because I was a you know little boy. And it kind of stemmed from that where I took that idea and I was like, well, why don't we just make this us and bring it out there into the world where nothing's off the table we all like this kind of stuff let's just sit on this couch and talk about it so with that being said i had this kind of core group of friends where every kind of big movie or any type of show that came out we would get together and watch it and we would end up talking about it at great lengths either in the hallway of the movie theater or at uh, a restaurant mm-hmm. and um I think Marco was the one was like, we should really start to record this because some of our conversations pretty funny. And uh, we have ideas of how this movie could have been better or this comic could have been better or, or we loved it the way it was. And it's just, if you want to be in on this conversation and listen to us and be entertained, that's their podcast. Yeah. Your conversations are actually pretty spot spot on for most of the stuff uh, thinking back to the very first time we ever met uh, was opening day at c2e2 i think back in 2018 maybe uh no 2017 yeah, yeah 28 to, i i forget the pandemic changed everything you know it was 2017 <laughs> it was 2017 okay um i'm standing in line all by myself because I, I traveled to <laughs> chicago and i wanted to get there in time on the very first day to catch one of the DC all access bands so I could get my book signed by Jim Lee. And I think like four people ahead of me, there was a guy who got the last one. And, and so I had showed up several hours early before the show floor opened with nothing else to do. So I'm just standing in line and I hear these guys start talking about star Wars, the last Jedi. And I'm enjoying the conversation. So I turn around and start making comments. And lo and behold, boom, I was all of a sudden immediately a part of this group. We ended up spending the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the weekend together. Uh, we, I mean, like even when the show started, we went, we went straight to the uh, CGC booth. And that's how I actually ended up with my first Jim Lee signature because he was doing a private mm-hmm. signing through them that none of us had any idea of. We just happened to go there to drop off books you guys had already brought. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're doing this. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I right. ended up, <laughs> I didn't get to meet Jim that year, but I did get to uh, have two of my books signed, which was awesome. Uh, but it was a conversation we, that drew me in. And we've been chopping it up ever since. We're going four years strong now. 
Oh, Brandon, it was like instant. Marco and I talk about that. Like, so that's like your point of view. It, it's to kind of further on what you said. We did the same thing. We heard, never been to a Comic-Con before. Uh, I think yep. I went. That was my first. Once once in the 90s when it was like in a warehouse with tables. <laughs> um, and uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we went there. Okay, Jim Lee is going to be signing comic books. Well, I have a bunch of Jim Lee stuff. All right. So we got there so early, all excited. And then it just stopped in front of us. And so we were bummed out, had nothing to do, and we're standing in line. And the thing that I remember the most is a guy from that works C2E2 goes, yells to the crowd before we all get in, are you guys having fun? And I distinctly remember you behind me yelling, I would be having more fun if I had my Jim Lee ticket. <laughs> and I, I looked at you. We made eye contact. I went, right? <laughs> Yeah. And and then it just went from there. <laughs> this guy gets it. But he right. made, like he said that like an hour or two before the floor opened. So we asked a whole <laughs> like a crowd of people who he just stiffed, the majority of them, right? Yes. <laughs> if they were having yeah. a good time, I was like, I don't know what this guy's problem is. Um he's not playing nice. And so I let him know. <laughs> I la- I wasn't right. mean. I was just like, yeah, you know, I'd be having more fun if I had my Jim Lee pass. Oh, I, we, me and Marco agreed. We're like, yeah, what the hell? And then that's how we met the other group, the gang of Khan, and with the Star Wars talking. And even with them, it was like instant. And then years later, I'm talking with some of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, our buddy, mutual buddy, uh, Gonzo, his nickname, <laughs> uh, he goes, wait, I thought you and Brandon knew each other from childhood. I was like, "Oh no, we we met each other we met that morning." Wait a minute, you mean yeah. you met Gonzo that day too? Uh, yep. Yeah. No way. I um, honestly thought that you knew him already too. I thought you no. guys were there, the four of you, because Eric was with. No, you. Uh, Eric was with. Yes, and yeah. Aaron. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, a bunch that, of people who that. had never met before became like fast friends. Instant. Instant. That's a good time. I knew it, I knew it was going to be a good time when all of us were speed walking to the CGC booth, and then we found out Jim Lee is doing signings, and we could still get our book signed. And I remember you going to Marco, going, my hand's shaking. Look, my <laughs> hand's shaking. I'm so nervous. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I was trying to fill then, out the paperwork, and I yes. was like, I can't. I can't. Can someone do this? I'm so, I'm so excited. <laughs> And Marco was like, have, Mark, I remember, yeah, because yeah, Marco was like, oh, my God, $60. I don't, they don't accept card. Does he buy it? And I was like, I got cash. <laughs> cash. He was like, are you sure? Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm, was, you're, you're good for it. I, I, no, that was oh, a yeah. good, that was a good time. And then um, it was weird because then after that, it was like after the rush of the CGC booth, it was like, all right, well, what do we do now? And I had almost completely forgotten. I showed up with a full-blown plan. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I've got this whole plan. I'm going to go meet people and get all this stuff signed. And Because my goal going up there, I naively thought I would come out with a job at Marvel or DC. Um, <laughs> like, I was like, guys, I'm well, going to leave today as a writer uh, for the big two. <laughs> and then as it as it turns out, I, I you know, that was probably my dream. But I knew I, I wasn't going to get that opportunity or whatever, but it was fun just to like kind of see the inner workings of the uh, comic book industry. And it's one, yeah. of, 
one of the things that really drew us into, well, me specifically, even more so, into really going hard on like comics Twitter and, and making connections and talking to people. Um, and, you know, I had kids, which really kind of set back my timetable on everything, which is fine. Uh, but it opened the door for this show and also um, the opportunity to do things like this. So it's very cool. Uh, but yeah. getting back to your the comic shop couch, I know you guys have uh, Joe President yourself. There's Marco the Heretic, Dickie Wren, and Superior Raw. And just so everyone knows, it was Superior Raw's birthday this week. So let's wish him a happy mm-hmm. birthday real quick. Happy birthday, Superior. Happy birthday, Ra Ra. There you go, buddy. And uh, <laughs> it's a huge missed opportunity that they don't refer to you as Raw Dog on the show. Uh, but they will now. So you're welcome. Oh, my gosh. That's I my gift to totally... you. <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. Oh, man. He's going <laughs> to. I don't know. Maybe he'll love it. <laughs> he might love it. If he doesn't love it, tell him I'm sorry. Um, All right. <laughs> because I also fear him. He's a very uh, formidable man. <laughs> yeah he's a big dude yeah uh, yeah but yeah. he's a yeah he's a teddy bear he's a nice if guy you, uh, he's a nice guy yeah if anyone tunes in you could kind of gauge how we are by how we converse with each other we're very animated as we've come along and we get we get excited about our stuff so you know what i really love that, that, i love the uh the two minute turn on segment that you guys do thanks because a, because yeah. It's nice to put a time limit on something like that. We probably need to do it on our show. But just the the term for that segment, the two-minute turn on, I was like, no, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, that, that's about how long it normally takes. Yeah. Oh, you're not talking about, oh, this is what we're into this week? Okay, I got you. Right, exactly. And it, it, it actually kind of sprung from that. I think Dickie is the one that uh, came up with that title. And I was like, I kind of was like, what if we do like an ESPN thing? You know, how they go into their, like their 30 seconds and they go ding and they talk about stuff. I said, what if we do a minute or something? And Dickie was like, why don't we just take two minutes of what's turning us on, the two minute turn on. And we just got quiet and we went, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and that, that's exactly that. And what I don't think people know is, I, I went and bought like two minute sand hourglasses or <laughs> glasses <laughs> and they hate me for it. But cause I am the guy that is like, I, I'm doing the wrap it up. They don't, they, you can't hear it, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, come on, you know? So I'll tilt the sand and it's a running joke. Cause uh raw likes to go over quite a bit. So I'm like flipping that hourglass again and again. And I'm just like, come on, you're on your fourth on. rotation raw. Let's go. Right. It up. He's probably like, say it again. <laughs> exactly. And then sometimes we don't, we don't even take two minutes and it's just, that's the session where we're like, all right, this is a conversation. Why don't we give something back of like people may not know that what we enjoy that week. And uh, so a lot of times it's what we don't know about each other. And all right, this is what's turning you on. That's pretty cool. Maybe I'll check it out. That's all that is. Yeah, I actually learned some stuff from the two men turn ons. Like, uh, Dickie Wren reads actual novels, like books. <laughs> and he'll talk about yeah. those. And I'm like, oh, no, that, like, that seems interesting. <laughs> I might have to go look that up. And then, you know, and, Marco yeah. plays all sorts of games, stuff I never hear Marco's of. Marco's the gamer of the group. Yeah, because yeah. it's not like the normal, like, Call of Duty stuff I'm in on or mm-hmm. uh, some of the more mainstream stuff that's heavily marketed so i'm not even aware of it he's like check this game out you can find it on like on steam right now i was like oh 
cool. And then, you know, yeah. I, I don't even know what you're into. I usually turn off by the time you start talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mostly. My, Most dri- my drive's only four minutes long. <laughs> so, you know. Yep. Oh, no. It's, it's, it's all good. It's, it's fun doing this. We are, we're having a good time. We are, like I said before, I see you and I get inspired to do more and to turn it up a notch. But, like, how your galactic dad, this dad life, it's, Dad life, we're a little dad bit life old, is taxing, yeah. man. We're a little bit older in the 40s, and our kids are getting older, and it's just like Little League gymnastics, work, and I do a pretty physical job. Uh, uh, it's a data technician, which is an electrician. Low Volt is electrician, so in the trades and all that. So that takes time, and a lot of times I'll even get to a recording where I'm just going, Oh, you're just beat. You're like, I, I have no yeah, energy like, for this. Yeah, yeah, I like. I, I'll like. Sometimes my wife will be like, "Just go, just go," and I'm like, "I don't want to go. I just want to, just want to watch this TV. <laughs> just get but, up and go. Drink a Red Bull. Yeah, borrow one from Marco <laughs> and go. Exactly. So anyway, so, so tell everyone where they can listen to the show at because it's actually very entertaining, especially if you enjoy more of the geeky aspects of our show. Uh, they dive in a little bit harder on the comic shop couch. I uh, what I know you guys are on Apple Podcasts. Are you on Spotify? Yes, Apple, Spotify, Google, um, Pandora. Uh, we have a whole bunch wherever you get your podcast. All the big ones, huh? So, and and mm-hmm, a lot of the yeah. small ones that surprise you when you go looking. You're like, this exists. Yep. Oh, I'm on it. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's some on there that I can't I can't even. I don't have it in front of me right now, but I can't think. But when I, we do upload it, I it's a whole list, and I'm like, oh, I've never heard of that before. But where do you awesome. guys, where do you guys host your RSS feed? So we do this site, uh, Transistor FM. Transistor FM. Okay. So, yeah. Gotcha. And I'm familiar. Great. Yep. It does everything. Is Analy- it, like I just is it unlimited? In the amount of storage you can put on it. Yes. Is, but you do have to pay. You okay. Pay for them to do to do everything. What's the monthly the, fee? What's the monthly fee? Twenty bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. For for what it does, I mean, it does everything. It. <laughs> I yeah. feel like Stefan right now. It's it got everything. It's got. Oh my um, god, that's so good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the. <laughs> it's. It That's does the, the, all the major podcasts. Yeah. And yeah. then it tells you who's downloading, where, like, it, it projects where it, you're going to go. It gives you your analytics. Like, yes. Yeah. I just saw that someone in um, Australia downloaded, a percentage downloaded in there. I was like, oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I got a couple of downloads in um, Belgium and Australia. And uh, one came from India one time. And I was like, dang. There's like a billion. Right? There's a billion people there. Could you one person share that? Like you know, right. like hey, that's like that's yeah, a I huge market. I'd love to get into. <laughs> I but, got Kuwait. I was like, oh Kuwait! Wow. I was like, okay, all right, I'll take it. Well, Mar- and then of course it's like Marvel and them get everywhere. Wisconsin. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually I get uh, a huge chunk of the listeners from our show are actually in Chicago. Oh, nice. Yeah, and I think a large bit of that must have to do with Gonzo, uh, or did. Um, where's Terrence at? Is Terrence in 
He's outside. They're all Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I think These Terrence. Guys, I think Terrence listens. Which, by the way, big shout out, my Chicagoans. Uh, really, really uh, appreciate the support. Um, Terrence, Eric, Chris, Gonzo, Duder, Terrence. We love you, Duder. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dude, that guy can paint. He can paint a figurine. That thing, that's insane. The shading and detail he's putting on these minis. I I'm impressed. I'm impressed because I since first grade I was always building props before cosplay was a thing, and I'm almost tempted to be like, "Can you come up to Wisconsin and weather and paint some of my some of my stuff?" Yeah. So <laughs> you know, like he, Duder he's that is Duder is one of the guys that. Um, we met at C2E2 uh, and has been kind of hanging out with this ragtag bunch of comic book, you know, miscreants, but he does like miniature figurine paintings that yes. he'll share to the group of uh, pictures of them. Cause we're all kind of scattered throughout the Midwest. You guys are up in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm down mm-hmm. here in St. Louis. And then of course people are in Chicago and, and they're about, uh, so it's it's fun when we all interact and then we get to see like kind of, I was always like what time zone are you guys in like because I'm so stupid uh, and you're like same one guy same one we're just north and south that's it <laughs> we're not far east or west or anything I was like okay great <laughs> right uh, but, well the Illinois guys this is just uh yeah hop, uh, just uh, hop over there you just, just it's skip, kind of funny because skip over the pond yeah yeah <laughs> you. It's funny because my wife has family two minutes away from you. That is so correct. So once I found out, once I found out you were lived there, I'm like, I'm familiar with that place. We've been down there. We go down there. So it was almost like it was meant to be. It was a good time. Yeah, they uh, they showed up. They traveled from Wisconsin all the way to St. Louis for my bachelor party. Uh, that's <laughs> right. I met them yep. in 2017, and by 2018, I was like, "You guys want to come to my bachelor party?" And they said yes. It was, it was great. <laughs> One of the best times we had. It was awesome. Yeah, I'm a good time. I know. Uh, but also, that was when you guys got to meet uh, Jedi John, which yeah. is cool. And it's great. And, of course, you know, I expect nothing less. But all of a sudden, you guys are like, yep, you're good people. We can hang out. And now we just are expanding the circle. Exactly. Yeah, we had all your friends were real nice, very warm and accepting. Because they were like, oh, you know, Brandon, we're like, ah. Met him at a Comic Con. Where do you guys live? Wisconsin? Oh, you came down here? We're like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did you come down, you guys came down early, picked me up, and then I just took <laughs> you to local comic shops. Yeah. Like, that was honestly one of the better days in my recent memory. I was like, dude, that, that was a great way to spend a whole day. I know. I need if, to- you, if you would tell me that we're doing that for a weekend again, I'd be like, all right, I'll yep. drive six hours. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go to the comic shop. Let's go. No, this time it would be my turn. I would come up north. Oh yeah, I'd bring back yeah. some cheese. I was gonna say we'd go to the comic shop and uh, drink beer and eat cheese. Yeah, no, that sounds like so, what I do here, so it's no big deal. <laughs> right. All right, but speaking of which, we should move the show along. You mentioned drinking oh, yeah. beer, and uh, here on our show, we do our weekly beers of the week. Now. It'll be a little shorter this episode because there's only two of us, uh, but we will talk about the beers of the week and then jump into the rest of the show. Uh, But what we've got going on this week, I will start us off. Mm, Just hearing that bass line makes me thirsty. 
Uh, but being from St. Louis, everyone knows I love the Budweiser. And that is what I'm drinking this evening. Uh, it, honestly, it's the Rally Edition label. Doesn't change the recipe, though. It's tried and true. Budweiser, we love it. Uh, but, Joe, what do you, what's going on in your neck of the woods? What are you guys drinking? So, I am not drinking anything this evening. And that's fine. But my wife, Mandy, is. Hi, Mandy. <laughs> she, I'll, I'll, I'll tell her. I'll, okay, okay. I'll tell her hi. <laughs> Uh, but she is drinking zombie dust. It is this beer done by the Three Floyds Brewing Company. And I've had it too. So it is. it was very hard to find here. You had to go to, I think, like Indiana uh, to get it. But now, since microbrews micro just exploded in the past, like, five, five years or so, five, ten years, uh, we can get it at our local, um, our local store now. What the, so it is. What is that? Yeah. What kind of beer is it? Zombie dust. Is so it, yeah, zombie dust is, and I will find it right now. He goes, hang on, give me oh. a can. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's a pale ale, six point five percent, and it actually the the art for so all you comic book fans. Um, the label on it was done by Tim Seeley. Ooh, designer Zimmer design. Yeah. So the art is pretty cool. Zombies, almost like a zombie king on it. Almost it's got a, a Game of Thrones uh Night King vibe on it. So nice. it, it's just um it's a pale ale. It's got a slight fruity taste, but it's not what you're thinking as far as fruit. It's um I mean it's, it's good. You said it's a six five uh ABV Pilsner? Yeah, that's a good time. You have a couple of those mm-hmm. just right. That's good. That's oh yeah, good. on a hot day, absolutely. I'm gonna mow the lawn. You halfway through mowing the lawn and just quit, finish drinking beers. All right, but anyway, all right, guys, that is it for our beers. If you're interested in checking out any of the beers that we drink, you can always follow us on the Untapped app. You can check us out Untapped slash Galactic Dads. No, that's not it. It's at Galactic Dads. Uh, and find us on there. You can see all of the badges that we just continuously pop off. Uh, and you can even suggest beers for us to drink as well. So if you're interested, go check that out. Uh, but as far as the rest of the socials, if you guys are interested in seeing what we do off of the show, uh, you can check pretty much the big three, which is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at Galactic Dads. Uh, you can also find... Well, I'm on TikTok, but I don't do anything with it yet. And I said that last episode. Um, so maybe one day when it's absolutely saturated and algorithms take over, uh, we'll start posting on there and wonder why it's not working. I can't wait for your TikToks. Oh, my gosh. When I can start just pulling like movie quotes, like get ready for Pulp Fiction. It's going to be me giving chicken nuggets and mac and cheese to my kids. And I'll be like, say what again? I dare you. That is a tasty burger. Yeah. Mmm, check out the big brain on bread. <laughs> this will be great. You know, I should just go film one of these right now. Right, congratulations. Our debut TikTok is Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction to a four-year-old and a nine-month-old. Here we go. <laughs> I would watch it. It would crack me up. <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's good times, though. Uh, You can also follow the gentlemen who are not here. Of course, I'm referring to Jedi John, 
production Matt, Laser Eric, and intern Justin. They are out this week with scheduling conflicts, as dads tend to have. Uh, but you can follow them on all of their socials, which you can find in the show notes. Um, so definitely read those. If you guys haven't been reading those, I post stuff in there now. Uh, so definitely check those out. And then, of course, uh, you can check out Comic Shop Couch. They're also what? Go ahead, run it, Joe. Don't uh, let me steal your thunder. Like, yeah. Oh, no. You've been doing great. You're you're good at this. Uh, no, same thing. The big three. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Comic Shop Couch for all of them. Um, and then also Joe Peresident, at Joe Peresident for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Same thing with Marco, Raw, and Dickie Wren. That's, that's where we are. And... Uh, like you, I just started TikTok, so I have a Joe president, but I don't think I have the courage yet to do any uh, videos as of right now. You know what it is for me? It's not the lack of courage; it's the lack of time. Like, I, I can't. Like I need a, I need to go find somehow con a local university or even community college. I don't care into yeah. letting me use interns for like, you know, whatever. Be like, hey, mm-hmm. you you can have these kids come work and run my social media for me, and I will write off and college credit, whatever you want. Well, that would be amazing. I, I always, I know I've asked you before with the amount that you do with Galactic Dads. I'm like, how do you find the time? You know, I honestly feel like I don't do enough. Like I should be doing a ton more. Um, but I think the way the way I find it is, I just. You know, neglect my family, and, and that's when I that's when I get the show done. Oh, <laughs> that's all right, sweet. That, that's how it is. Uh, let me see. Uh, how do you find time to do anything on social media? Well, do you love your wife and kids? Uh, then you're not going to have the time. If the answer is no, then you'll find the time. <laughs> Two thumbs up, buddy. Yeah, there you go. Great job. Great job. Way to go, Dad. Uh, of course, I kid. I do a lot of work when the kids go to bed. Uh, except for one night a week when I do record, I usually, they're awake for a little while, and then I walk up and, yeah. and give them the little tuck in, kiss goodnight um, once I get done. But cool. that, uh, man, it's, <laughs> I'm really thinking about trying to con away. Now that I said that out loud, I'm like, really? I'm like, how could I do oh, it? Oh, it's a good idea, isn't it? I think I actually could get away with it because I just LLC'd the show, which means I have a federal EIN number. Which means mm-hmm. technically I could hire someone, which makes me an actual business. So I think I could really con a local <laughs> university into helping me out with this. Well, let me know when you do that so I can maybe do the same thing. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I'm going to have to look into that after the show. All right, but let's keep it moving, though, because everybody listening does not want to hear how I'm trying to loosely gather slave labor uh, just to run social media. But come on, think of that. I'd have like a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds who clearly would be be adept at social media. I'd be like, just go for it. Just have at it. You want to be in a podcast? You want to learn how a podcast works? Come on, man. Come on. They'll be like, "Um, no, I'm not worried about your podcast. My Twitch stream is really taking off right now. I'll be like, okay, just do the social media thing, and I'll sign off on your credit, whatever. I know. I, I probably would be like, so uh, can I intern for you? <laughs> yeah. When, like, how off the ground are you right now? Can I get in at the ground floor? Right. 
Uh, that that would be that would be exactly what happened to me. Maybe this is a bad idea. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you guys definitely uh, check us out on those socials. Uh, and also, I added a few new ones. Um, of course, the Patreon has been there. Uh, Joe can tell you all about the Patreon. We have some super sweet rewards. Um, oh, absolutely! Yeah, you can get your hands on some sick merch. We're talking T-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, signed lithograph with show art. Uh, stickers and all sorts of fun stuff and access to the patreon website where we post exclusive episodes for our patreon members um, you can check that out at patreon.com slash galactic dads or if you're just feeling generous and you're like i don't want to do all that i just want to buy you a coffee uh, you can do that as well you can hit up uh, buymeacoffee.com slash galactic dads and you know if you're feeling generous we'd greatly appreciate it uh, just know that that money would not go to a coffee it would go to a beer uh, but I think you're aware of that. So that's just the way it is. I love your lithograph, by the way. Oh, good. I was actually re- awesome. really pleased with that. Uh, Jalen from the Little Bit of Nerd podcast actually does the illustrations. Well, he's a comic book illustrator, and he's open for commissions, by mm-hmm. the way. So everyone go check him out. Um, he, you can find him at Little Bit of Nerd. Uh, I think it's L-B-O-N podcast on twitter uh i'll find it out for sure and throw it in the notes but he did the illustration for our show art and it's awesome i said hey can you love it can you draw all of us as like comic book people he's like first off you're iron man and i was like yep i trust you just go ahead and run with this yep yep it makes me want to do that for us at the comic shop couch you know and it's a big old the red couch and all of us sitting on who (laughs) what we would be you you should go for it you should hit hit up Jalen. Like I said, his commissions are open, and he'll do mm-hmm. one for you. It's awesome. And I just took one. I took it to the local printer and had them print off yeah. like a bunch of the uh, eleven by seventeens. They look great. Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have it at home, and I was that that I was like, oh, that that's that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah, one of my favorite pictures that we have on the Patreon is is us signing the lithographs. I was like, guys, we're so official. And then you know, like. <laughs> Like more than five people so far have even asked for one, but still, like it was a really cool moment. I felt like I was on the other side of the table at a comic con. Uh, but if, awesome. you guys, oh. if you guys want to check out that sweet stuff, you can do that. Uh, but I think it's time. It's time for us to move on to some daddy issues, which we kind right. of grazed on a little earlier. But uh, I know you recently had surgery. Is that correct? Yes, rotator cuff repair. Oh, okay, okay. Right arm, left arm. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, are you right hand dominant? Unfortunately, I am right hand dominant. Uh, this has so been your, your a whole process. life. Your whole life has adjusted. Oh my gosh! You know, I was just telling you how it gets sucked when you're in your forties. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah, and your uh, you know in your thirties you wake up and stuff just randomly hurts. In your forties, I heard you wake up and stuff just falls off. Right? Is that true? Oh my gosh! Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. And uh, if you get hurt. Like your mind is still like, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be fine. And then it's not fine. <laughs> and then you have to go to the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, you, you really messed yourself up and it's going to need surgery. And that's what life is like. <laughs> if you don't take care of yourself and if you do take care of yourself, you still have to watch what you do because you get up out of bed and you're like, yep, there goes my back. <laughs> It, it, it messes with your mind because I feel like the spirit uh, is willing, but the yeah, body is like, nah, yeah, give me a minute. Yeah. 
Well, it de- definitely changes my view because um, with with my injury, I think it was also over time. I'm still working. Like I, I think I'm like I think I'm 25 years old. So I'm just you just muffle it. So if you stop working out and you try to muffle it as you get older, it just doesn't work anymore. Oh, so I just think God. about that scene in Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire holding back that train, and I'm just like... You're close oh, right yeah. around you, and you're just... Uh. <laughs> what scene yeah. is... Okay, For, serious question, real quick. Better yeah. scene. Which scene is better? The scene where Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2 stops the train with the webbing and everything, mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. scene in Homecoming where yeah, Tom Holland tries to hold the ship together. Which one's better? Well, I, I'm a big fan of Tom, Tom Holland and the Spider-Man's now up because of how they interact with all the Marvels. But Tobey Maguire, back then, I still have the feeling of when I first saw that. So I, I want to say that only because it was like the first of its kind. The emotion. And you're just the emotion like, there yes, is huge. Yes. I you know I have to agree that I think the Toby Maguire scene is better. Um I'm not gonna say better acted or anything because I think Tom Holland's phenomenal. But in that mm-hmm. scene you still see you see face. You see Peter's face uh with the train. Whereas, yeah. you know, in Homecoming it's, he's just in the suit. Um, so yeah, know, and that, that's a good point. So I think the acting uh, um, comes across much better. There's a lot more emotional involvement if you're watching it. Uh, whereas in Homecoming, it's still awesome. And Iron Man flipping shows up. So like, if I'm it, the comic fan, me wants to go. Well, Homecoming was better because Iron Man shows up, obviously. But yes, like, like, and I think that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah, the grown up in me is like, yeah, but this is such a much more poignant scene in Spider Man Two. So, yeah, that's tough. That's tough, but I'm glad I asked. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so your body shreds when you open up a, a can of soda. Uh, so, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so being a dad, I am 40. I, I had my surgery on April 1st. I am currently still out of work just because I, uh, for what I do, um, I would go back to work and just re-injure it, like, within an hour. So, it's a lot of overhead work I'm working with. Um fiber and cables and and data data closets all that good stuff so god that sounds it, fun your job's hazardous it, by the way i recall that your job yeah. is very dangerous yeah 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 a lot of ladder work sometimes you're up on boom boom lifts scissor lifts you know hard sometimes you're i i tend to do more service work now that i'm getting older but um there are times where i have to do commercial work where you're on a straight up construction site and yeah, there's you, you gotta all gotta that, be smart, or else you can end up very hurt. All that sounds good, but I'm more referring to the day that you were driving in your uh, company appointed work truck, and it just burst oh into flames. Uh, any listener, if you want to hear the full story, you can head over to the Comic Shop Couch episode. I think episode eleven. This couch is on fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so you oh, were just God. you were just driving normal day yeah going about your work day and all of a sudden you're like man it smells like something's burning well it was it, uh, i'll do, do it kind of quick my work van 
my service van. I get up. I it's six. It's before six a.m. I'm going to go to the shop for my first job. I get a mile from my home. I start to smell something. I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, all right. Well, I'm going to go to the shop. I'll check it out because it smelled like chem. It smelled chemical. Yeah, yeah. It didn't smell like anything burning. I step on the gas because I was at a light, and all of a sudden, the whole cab just fills with smoke. Whoops! So I I immediately like speed across the intersection, pull into an empty parking lot, and I get out, and I I'm going, what is this? I look under the hood, nothing, as clean as can be, and then I close the hood, and I kind of see a, a light in the cab. I'm like, did I leave my phone on? What's going on? I go into the cab and I start to see fire drip out of the vent, like lava burning, burning plastic out of the vent and rolling underneath my seat. So I was like, whoa. So I take, I take, um, I had a unistrut is a piece of metal that was on the floor of my passenger side. I take it and I'm trying to like hit this fire. And as I'm doing it, I'm kind of in a push-up position in my cab. My seats ignite. So I am in these flames. <laughs> and, and at that time. Sorry, that's so I, not I, funny. Uh, <laughs> no, no. It, it, I, I don't know what I could say on your podcast or not, but editing or whatever. But at that time. Uh, you can say it. I'll just, I'll cut it. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Be free. All right. All right. I was, I go, shit, 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 shit. So I grab my phone and I grab my laptop. And I book it across the parking lot. And this is still winter time. And my pants are falling down. So I'm like halfway holding up my pants and like dialing 911. So in the span of less than five minutes, I go from smelling something to by the time I turn around, my whole truck is engulfed. It looked like zombie apocalypse, Mad Max world. And I, I, <laughs> I'm feeling it right now as I'm, it just was crazy. I dialed 911. I'm like, I call up my boss. I'm like, my fuck language. Do it to mouth. Truck's on fire. And I'm freaking out, you know. And I remember you know, when and you sent us the picture of the aftermath, and all it is, yeah. only thing left from this work truck was just like the shell of the frame of the vehicle. <laughs> Everything else was scorched and burnt down to ash. Like this thing went up. And I was like, oh, my God, Joe, are you okay? Like, obviously, I knew you were okay because you sent yeah. the message. So I think the first thing I did was make a joke. And then I was like, but oh, seriously, everyone did. yeah, but seriously, are you okay? What I said is like, that's what you get for smoking crack on your lunch break or something. Yeah. Oh, I got everything from everything. I got like, you know, a coworker's going, damn, Joe, if you just want it off, all he had to do was ask, you know. Jeez, it's hotter you know, than a spoon at the trap house in there. My God. Right. It, it the lesson I take away is um, movies are bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did not you did not walk away all cool from that explosion, did you? No, <laughs> no. Picture like like oh, an old time like burglar with like the gangly legs like running away from a house. That's me running across the parking lot. You look like Mar from Home Alone. <laughs> After he's like yeah. encountered a trap from Kevin McAllister, just like running and screaming, <laughs> waiting for the explosion. And I think I even said that my boss, because I was, I, I forgot a couple things because my adrenaline was so high. 
And uh, my boss was like, dude, at one point you said, it's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> Which, honestly, from, from what I saw, uh, I wasn't there or anything, obviously. But from what I saw, it looked like it might have. <laughs> it's, it, it, they burn. They burn instant, and they burn hard, and they burn hot it's and like a, fast. It's like a sparkler from the 4th of July. Yes, I was shocked, and I went, well, okay, my, car, my truck's gone. Did, All right. <laughs> did they happen to figure out what was it like a battery that somehow ignited and pulled the I, thing that was, every airline it, fears? Electrical. Uh, from what I can guess, I think it was electrical. Yeah, I don't know. That electrical so was it, hot. It started in my dash and it, it took over everything. So, started from but the yeah, bottom so that, of him. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I think the the real thing on the daddy issues is the older you get, the longer it takes to to heal from anything. And you are not as young or as strong as you thought you were, which makes me wonder how the hell Batman has been doing it for all of these years. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> like you just kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh, going through this shoulder, it's, it's been a few months, and I'm feeling stronger. I'm able to extend my arm slowly, like I'm doing it right now, like if I was giving someone a high five. But I got to do it slowly because it feels like if you ever, someone ever put you in a chicken wing and arm behind your back and like lifted it up and it feels like, oh my God, stop. Your shoulder's going to pop out. Yeah, that that's, hurts. That's what that, that, that's what this feels like. Oof. So I think of Batman and I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, know. I know the older I get, the more I'm like, Batman's a lie. That man is obviously <laughs> no older than 24. Okay. In his absolute prime. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he ain't had time for kids and all this other stuff that's going on. Like, he's probably still pretty new at this. My God. Yeah. I know. Bill, do you get. But then he, but then he is a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. So it was Bill Gates. I just think about the- How's he look? <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe he's Batman. No. Um, actually, I, it makes me think of the meme I see all the time. It's like, you know what? If Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne are just pure human and their only superpowers, they're billionaires. I'm really disappointed <laughs> in Bill Gates uh, and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. And I'm like, hold up. Elon Musk, I think, isn't so much the superhero as much as the villain. Like he's ready to take over the world and go to Mars. Like that's <laughs> that's it. Right. And do a surprising job on SNL while he's at it, if we're being honest. I I have not seen it. I have not seen it yet. It's actually it's very entertaining. You'll enjoy it. Go watch All it. All right. Okay. Anyway, anyway, speaking of you being infirmed and healing for forever because you're old now, that means you probably <laughs> have time to watch a lot of TV shows, right? I've caught up on so much. So, so much. much. <laughs> so much. I tweeted out the other night, uh, being a dad and you know having a full-time job and then doing this, Like I'm very grateful. Um, but the amount of TV shows and movies and new comics and video games and stuff that just constantly rolls out each and like, it's not even new shows. Now it's entire streaming services that come out with an mm-hmm. onslaught of stuff. And I'm like, guys, I'm not going to get to that. Like I've just, there's just no feasible way that I can watch all of this stuff. Unless that is, I'm recovering from surgery. So what have you been watching, Joe? I was Joe? just going to say that. I was just going to say that you have to be recovering and your kids have to be in school and you have to like not physically be able to do anything around the house. <laughs> um, so I have watched 
Jupiter's Legacy. I have watched Invincible. Yeah. I have watched. I mean, if we're going like everything, I've watched everything from uh, Creep Show. I don't know if uh, any horror fans out there, the old movies and the comic books from the eighties. They came out uh, 2019 and 2020 season of Creepshow series, which for me is it, it's for, it's really awesome. Um, Was that on Shudder? Yes, yep. yes. It's it's if you're a fan of that, you will love this new show, and it's got stars in it, and it's exactly what you think. It's kind of very Tales from the Crypty. Um, I've caught up on that. Uh, I watched see Ted Lasso. That has been the Oh, the Ted. gem of this year. I agree with you. I watched Ted Lasso with my wife um, mm-hmm. last week or the week before. And it is just the most wholesome. Like, and it, oh, it's I not like, it. it's corny, but it's not corny, right? Because Ted Lasso's mm-hmm. character, who's played by Jason Sudeikis, is just so genuine and just so nice. And like, there's the stuff around person. him. Yeah. Even when stuff around him is not great. Uh, and mm-hmm. he goes through his own stuff, and you're just like, I just really, and the show is incredibly entertaining. Like, it's not like Absolutely. some, like, oh, sappy sitcom. Like, you're watching the show, and you're like, I am thoroughly entertained, and this is funny. I I didn't think I would be into it. I mean, uh, the creator, Bill Lawrence, has done some of my favorite shows of all time, Scrubs. Um, yeah, he's Scrubs done, is good. Uh, Cougar Town, he's done... Uh, a few other stuff of that that just was extremely popular runs, and um, he's done this now. My wife and I watched it, and I was shocked at how much I loved it. We watched it twice, and it ended up on one of our comic shop couch episodes. All of our two minute turn ons, it just became Ted a Lasso. whole turn on. I think, <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, uh, Marco said it. Josh loved or Dicky loved it. I loved it. Ray's the only one who hasn't seen it, but. You're right. It's it's like Ned Flanders, but awesome. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Without the glasses and just cool. Without the, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, so yeah. that, I've so, watched that. Um, Ted Lasso is yeah, on so, Apple TV, by the way. All right, yeah, so, so for, for the sake of time, Momoa. for the yeah. sake of time, let's just jump into the thing that I know we've both watched and I've been dying to talk to somebody about. Uh, and that's Jupiter's Legacy. Mm-hmm. And I just last night in preparation went and watched the final episode of the first season again. Just to make sure it was fresh with me. Uh, and I really, really like, by the way, guys, listen up. Full spoilers here. Uh, so if you haven't oh, seen yeah. Jupiter's Legacy, I'm about to just ruin the whole flipping season for you. Uh, first up, Utopian's hair is awesome. Just ask Dickie Ray. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dickie Wren. Dickie Wren, uh, yes. But uh, Utopian's beard is trash. Uh, just ask everyone else. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. That uh, thing looks terrible. Um, but uh, uh, Utopian is a uh, is a character played by Josh Duhamel. Uh, he was, yeah, he was uh, famously married to Fergie for a long time. He was in that show, was it Las Vegas? And then he also... I think so, yes. Yeah, he with was, uh, James Caan. Yeah. And then he also was in a lot of the Transformers movies. Uh, he's, you know, honestly, like, every time I see him in something, I like him. Like, I think he's a fine actor. Uh, but he plays mm-hmm. the 
Superman-esque type character in this show. And he's very, very much set in believing in a code. And the code is, you know, a set of rules or beliefs that superheroes should all live up to. Uh, and they should lead by example and inspire people. And while that may have worked in his starting time in, like, you know, the golden era, the 1940s and such, it fast forwards to today, and there's all these superheroes out there running amok, there's supervillains, uh, the new generation is here with powers, and the question is, is the code still good? Does the code, which essentially is just don't kill, right? The code doesn't seem that hard, it's just don't kill people. <laughs> Don't kill. Everyone deserves justice. You don't influence government. You know, you don't. We, you don't take we, control. You, we inspire. We do not rule them. Yes. That kind of stuff. Yes. Um, and and it, it is very 30s. Well, I can't even say 30s. Like Superman, truth, justice, that type of thing. Old, old school Superman is very, it's very much that. It is. Oh, and even Batman, too, is old, no kill rule actually um batman started being just fine with it uh batman showed up <laughs> with a gun famously for a couple of issues and then all of a sudden it was gone they're like eh, let's not let's not do that uh he's getting popular right? with kids uh, let's take the gun away and then all of a sudden batman's got a rule um so and, yeah uh, and then he got a, a robin yeah famously famously we get mm -hmm. we've all been enjoying dick sense <clears throat> dick grayson that's robin you perverts <laughs> So anyway, uh, oh, all right, yeah. Jupiter's legacy is very interesting to me uh, because I know the source material. Um, famously, actually, it was the first year I met you guys. I met Mark Miller, the creator of Jupiter's legacy, and uh, holy crap, that well, they all was the same year. Yeah, but he was super cool, and I had two books for him to sign: Marvel Civil War number one, which at the time had just been adapted into Captain America three Civil War. And I had Jupiter's Legacy number one uh, with the Brian Hitch cover uh, because the interior. You do art, have that. I do. And I have that signed by Mark Miller. Because, and what did you, did you get it graded? Oh, God, I wish. There was no CGC. That was uh, like my first. That was my first yeah, C2E2. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you bet I would have had that CGC. Uh, I signature series and it's a really good copy too that thing's probably at least a nine six i'd probably get a nine eight out of it i mean i could green it. label you'll it you'll just get a you'll get a green label yeah. yeah i could green label it and frame it on the wall next to my picture shaking his hand you can see it on the table uh clearly signed yeah i might do that i might green label that and civil war number one but anyway back uh back to god mm -hmm. no no see you are so bad for my CGC like addiction. Like I didn't even know and or care about comic book grading until I met you guys. And now I have like this weird sickness that I've just gotten out of. And you're like, yeah, you should go ahead and get that graded. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that right now. Like, I know. It's, I go through the same thing. I just sent mine in for um, uh, Mark Bagley. I have the first appearance of is it Carnage? Uh, Carnage. Yeah, I have the three, the three issues, and they're all nine eighths. So I'm sweating bullets that it'll come back nine eight, but signed now. So and that's all I'm going to say about that. Knocking wood. You cracked a nine eight. Was that? That's amazing, Spider Man. Mm -hmm. 
No, no. Uh, three sixty, three sixty one, three sixty two, and three sixty three. That's it. Oh, you know, I met Mark Bagley. He uh, drew a carnage sketch for me at Ace Comic Con. I went to with production really? up in Chicago. Yeah, real cool guy. Oh, awesome. Real cool. Yeah, guy. is he nice? Yeah. Yeah, all oh, dude was awesome. Um, and I cool. asked him if he could sketch a carnage for me. He goes, "I'll tell you what." Because that takes so long to sketch. Here's some I did in my hotel room last night. You like any of them? I was like, boom, that one right there. That one right there. He goes, perfect. He just signed it. He goes, you want me to make it out to? I was like, me? Uh, forget my family here. Uh, just me. <laughs> that that, oh, that signed sketch awesome. is actually behind me. Um, but yeah, but no, Mark Miller. Uh, what, like, it was just so... He's... To me, it's this huge inspiration because mm-hmm. he's written all these incredible storylines in comics. I mean, we're talking Superman, Red Sun. I know we already talked Civil War. Uh, he did The Authority uh, back in around the year 2000, which was groundbreaking at the time, and then jumped over to Marvel um, for the Ultimate line and did The Ultimates, uh, which was yes. a, a modern widescreen comics approach. Uh, to the Avengers at the time and really jumped their popularity. And that uh, brought, brought about the Sam Jackson interpretation, didn't it? Of Nick of Fury. Nick Fury. He yeah. legitimately asked Samuel L. Jackson, I want Nick Fury to look like you. Is that cool? And of course, in Samuel Jackson, you know, mode, he was like, hell yeah, mother language. Dirty mouth. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> which and later the, on and there you go yeah, to about i think eight years later uh samuel jackson shows up on film in iron man in 2008 as mm-hmm. nick fury and the rest is history of course uh but that artwork was provided by brian hitch in his heyday uh he's brian hitch still works today some 21 years later and he was working before that as well uh but as a big two uh, artist uh which is huge in the comic book world that's that's a big accomplishment which lets you know just how good he is uh and mark miller has gone on to he did um kick ass which got two mm-hmm. films um oh he's done a bunch of other stuff oh old man logan that's it uh which was massive and then he started his own company uh miller world and then Miller World was sold to, guess who? You want to take a big guess who bought his comics imprint and all the titles and rights to it? Well, are we talking about the same thing here with Jupiter's Legacy? Yep. Oh, Netflix? Netflix bought it, very famously. And uh, everyone was like, dude, that guy just made money moves. And oh, uh, Yeah, so he's still right? very heavily involved. He's still very much a very creative person. Uh, and when I met him, he had made that deal already, but was just the nicest guy. Uh, he's from Scotland. And he was like, hey, man, I've got a long flight. What do you recommend I watch? And at the time, I was like, well, you probably something on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> they find out he's watching Amazon. Yeah, yeah, he's over there. He's like, because uh, Disney Plus wasn't a thing yet. HBO Max wasn't a thing yet. This is before the stream yeah. wars started. Uh, so Netflix really was your go-to. Amazon Prime was just kind of really starting to add content. Uh, I was like, yeah, man, you should watch. I think I told him to watch, like, The Killing, uh, the AMC mm-hmm. show, uh, which is, by the way, really good. Joel Kinnaman, 
uh, really broke his teeth on that one. That's the guy who played RoboCop and is now Rick Flag in the Suicide Squad and Rick, movies. Yep. And is also like the lead character in Altered Carbon on Netflix. But anyway, um, <coughs> sorry. The, yeah, he was just absolutely super cool. Uh, it was bonkers getting to meet him. But the thing that I find so interesting about Jupiter's Legacy is that it's only three issues in, and you get to see this huge, massive reveal that his brother, Brainwave, Walter, is actually a villain. He's working against him, and that was the big reveal. <laughs> Son of a... That, that, that was like the big reveal at the, the final episode of the season, at the very end. Uh, and I had been waiting for that to happen, but by the time I got to like the seventh episode... Certainly, by the sixth, I began doubting. But by the seventh episode, oh, if they were going to follow follow what they were uh, the comics were. Yeah, I thought they were going to, you know, kind of go their own way with interpretation of it because there's a lot of stuff you see in eight whole episodes, especially with Sheldon trying to get to the island or find the island or figure out what his visions mean. Uh, Going to the farmer's house was crazy. Like you don't see that in the comics or anything like that. I haven't read the comics. I am now looking for comics. Uh, I've got, like, I've got they're, them. They're pretty. Yeah, if you just want to. Yeah, I, that's why I was like, oh. yeah, come they're on getting down. pretty expensive out there. Yeah, so, they, they're a little pricey. You're right. I do need um, a green label, that number one sign. Yeah, that's, that's why I asked because I'm, I'm looking for some now, and I'm like, oh, oh, I should have jumped on this a long time ago. The book is but so good, I didn't know. I didn't know any of that, so... Finding that out at the end really it surprised me. I loved it. Oh um, man, I'm almost jealous. Every, everything that you about it didn't see that coming. Because, yeah, because I did. I the think that's whole, why I love it. The whole season, even when he's talking to Brandon, our Paragon, who is uh, yeah. Utopian son, I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. yeah, he's sent up the seeds here, and then by the time you get to see Sky Fox. Um, in modern day interpretation, I was like, no, I think Sky Fox is a legit villain here. And then by the end, I was like, nope, misdirection. Okay. I, we went over this, um, in, in one of our podcasts and it, for me, this whole show, it was superhero, but the acting with the side stories, I, not even the side stories. I loved it going back from present to 30s, present to 20s, present to 30s. I love watching those type of movies. Oh, yeah, so the anything golden in age. the past, yes, anything in the past, I was just glued to the screen. And, um, like, about the stock uh, market crash, seeing how that affected people and just seeing... The Great Depression it, really but, affecting people. Yes. Yeah, the Dust Bowl. I love seeing that stuff. So this show really, I binged it. I didn't think I would like it as much as I did, and so it was. It was all new and fresh for me. I did not. I knew it was a comic book, but I never got into it. I'm kind of sometimes I'm a bit of a snob if it isn't like if it's not Marvel, I I don't care. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not Batman. If it's not, you know, there's Superman, a lot of really not... good stuff out there all the time. Yes. Um, but the the one thing I I really wanted to mention. Oh man, how did I lose it already? Oh, the character, the breakout character of the show that I 
absolutely love was Hutch. Sky Fox's son ends up dating Chloe, Utopian's daughter. Mm-hmm. He, you like them, huh? Oh, man. He is so good. I don't know the actor's name, uh, which is a huge disservice because he's incredible. You know, he's, I, a, I he's thought... a guy with no powers that does not bat an eye when the Utopian or someone else who's a super powerhouse is giving him the business. Like, he's just right in their face. He's like, look, man, I don't care. You're going to do this. And then he has a scene where he goes full-blown villain. And it's not even really because he's a bad guy. It's just that this, like, mobster, superhero mobster dudes are just really pushing him. And finally he just snaps and is like, you know what? I'm going to show you what I can do. And you're not going to like it. And it was awesome. I instantly gained this whole new level of respect because even after that, he kind of goes back to being a normal dude. Right. I, that's the part that made me like it. That, I, I would say I liked him, but I, I was like, okay, he's a, he's a character that's further in the story. That part when he, uh, he has this teleportation rod that you think that the, the way the show is shot, you think that's what stacks the power. Like you have to have it in your hand. And he could say anything, and he goes there. He teleports there. So if I had that rod, I'd be like, um, Dairy Queen. And I'm going, and I'm, I'm at Dairy Queen, you know, or uh, home. Well, you find out he's being bullied by these mobsters. And the guy takes his rod, and he's like, what are you going to do now? I have it. And he goes, shark-infested water. And the dude disappears. Because and the then rod he goes, teleports. He's like, and then, and then he goes, home. And then yeah. the, the rod reappears in his hand, but it's wet with like tentacles yes. on it. And his friend is the guy is obviously dead. Right. I that I was like, oh, that was badass. Oh, okay. So you, you gain a new respect. And the actor's name is Ian Quinlan. Oh, so glad that you mentioned that because Ian's good. That whole scene when he's just calmly sitting at the, the bar. And these guys mm-hmm. are like really putting the pressure on him, and they take his rod away. And he, the one guy's tattoos, he's got like octopus tattoos, uh, come alive, and they're like hanging onto the rod. And he goes, Okay. So he just goes, like, Shark yeah. infested waters. And then he says, Home. And the rod comes back. The guy's gone, but chewed off tentacles are still stuck to it. And then, what does he say? What's the boss's name? Big Man? Big Man. Big Man's heart. Big Man, yeah. And the rod disappears. So that means that rod Ex- reappeared in the dude's heart. Oh, my gosh. And then he just says home while looking at the remaining mobster who's trying to bully him. Cold, dead in the eye. Yep. Says that's the thing. I don't have to hold this to control it. And then he says home and the rod reappears in his hand just completely covered in blood. And that guy's like, all right, so my boss is dead. Uh, right. I have... Listen, man, it was just business. I, like, I have no problem with him. He's like, yeah, I'm going to need a favor. So now the tables have instantly turned. And you're just like, man, this whole scene just makes you want an entire show about him. I was just like, Utopian, whatever. Uh, Lady Liberty uh, gave me some gilf feelings. I'm not sure what to do with yet. Um, yeah, I, I heard that on your last episode. That made me laugh. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. Uh, like, I don't even Wasn't care she- about it. Iron Man? 
Iron Man yep. sling in the very first one. Yeah. yeah, she's the reporter giving them crap. Uh, yeah. But anyway, like, I don't even care about Paragon, the Utopian son. I don't care about Chloe, uh, Utopian's messed up daughter. I Like, I'm mm-hmm. just not interested in a walking dumpster fire. Uh, whatever your problems are, cool. I will watch a show all day about some guy who the odds are obviously stacked against him and does not belong, hold his weight, and make superpowered people scared of him. Like, I'm talking Mr. Edgar from The Boys. Uh, I'm talking Batman oh, yeah. all day, baby. Um, and Cecil and Invincible, I love those characters. Who Their power is not <laughs> physical. It's their mental integrity is so strong and their like force of character yeah. is so huge that they just chew up the scenery around them. I love those characters. And Hutch surprised me and became one for like five minutes in episode. And then you're still like, no, nah, I, I really love this guy. And then it turns out he's Sky Fox's son, uh, which really adds a whole nother layer of intrigue because everyone still wants to know where Sky Fox is. Right. Oh, one, I love the actor, um, uh, Sky Fox, George, George, George. Yes. Um, at first you're, you're kind of like, Oh, this is a guy I'm going to love to hate. But you can't, as the story progresses, he just does a good job that you can't help, but like kind of like him. Yeah. And he's like, I, I want to see where that's going. You get to find out a lot more about him in the comics from uh, the Jupiter Circle uh, series, okay. which is kind of like the prequel to Jupiter's Legacy. You get to see what all of those six original heroes do and how they kind of fan out. Which I can't ages. wait for. I can't wait for. Cause I, I mean, I think I'm going to go with uh, the Utopian, Josh Jamal. I, I was kind of watching it for him. And oh. I think I said this before when we were discussing this, like his therapy sessions were oh. like my therapy sessions. Is I, I just love the code. I, my all-time favorite is Superman, so it was very. I love seeing someone that would consider that you would consider just out of touch with reality, but they have this strong code of honor, sense of moral justice. Yes, as a father too. Absolutely. So I, I'm looking at that as a father, and I'm I'm seeing how he's treating his kids, and I'm going, oh, this is so interesting to me and then his relationship with his brother is very uh very that's what did it for did it for me i I love that type of stuff yeah it's super fascinating to see a superman-esque character going to you know therapy sessions Mm -hmm. i think the last time we saw saw something on that level it was uh tony soprano going to his weekly appointments with his therapist uh but it it's that on a scale of superhero. So just think about that. But it's also really fascinating when you find out eventually who his therapist actually is. Yep. And I think this show does like what we just talked about with Hutch. Uh, this show does a great job for, at least for me going uh, like burying the lead, like just, Oh, like, yeah. Okay. He's talking to what you think is a therapist, but it turns out it's one of his arch enemies. Yeah, who's in, in the prison. Supermax I, prison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was so great. That was a really, me of the, really good scene. Like Watchmen, when the comedian is at the foot of the bed of um, his arch enemy and he's crying. You know, oh, yeah, Moloch. Like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's exactly that. Except for this one goes a whole step further. He's like, you want to work with me? Like, you want to work some stuff out? <laughs> right. And that supervillain, by the way, is actually really interesting. In Jupiter's Circle, you get to see what he did that led him to prison. Uh, and it's pretty really? cool stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but anyway, the show Jupiter's Legacy, I feel like it's kind of polarizing. If you're really into comics, you're going to like this show. If you sometimes are into comic book shows and movies, this might not be the show for you. Yeah. It, if, you're, if you're impressed by action and things, uh, from one of the things that people have said who I've talked to about this, uh, the action is very cheap, kind of. It's very CW. And, uh, yeah. And um, if you're looking for that, you're going to be like, oh, this sucks. I'm looking at, I'm watching it for the story and the characters, so I love it just because of that. But yeah, I think you hit it again, Brandon. Like, it's it's gonna hit or miss with certain people. Yeah, my my wife is a, an Avengers, an MCU fan, uh, but she mm-hmm. doesn't, you know, she's never read a comic book in her life or anything. Uh, so the yeah. scene where they come back from the island with powers and they're floating back to the ship, right? That whole scene, yeah. was silhouetted by the sun. She started laughing out yeah. loud. She was like, I'm sorry, this is just stupid. I was like, really? <laughs> and I see in me, I'm like, ooh, that's a good, that's a good shot. I'm going, that, that was a good shot. I was like, very, that's, that's panel very to screen. Postery. Yeah, that looks right. That looks cool. And she's like, This that is so stupid. And I was like, okay. So this is the type of show that either you're really into this or you're gonna be like, oh, this is dumb. But there were mm-hmm. scenes in the show where I thought to myself, what are they doing? That is so dumb. And the episode uh, that really caught my attention, and I was like, who wrote this scene? And then who filmed this scene and went, okay, yeah. And then who edited that scene and was like, no, we'll leave it in. The scene where Lady Liberty shows up while Utopian's catching an asteroid or something, so he's busy. And she yeah. shows up to the warehouse to back up the one chick who's really into the code, the member of the unit yeah. who's really into the code. And she's like sneaking through the warehouse, slowly walking around corners, knowing that there is a life or death battle occurring inside between superpowered villains. And she's like casually mm-hmm. strolling through, like she's scared. Like all of a sudden it was like a crappy horror movie. And didn't he like show up where he, she could like, I, I see where you're getting that. I, I think I remember going, how did she not see him? Yeah. He's, but, He's like translucent. The guy emits light, right? Like, but first she has to find the chick who's been injured. By the way, that was a super messed mm-hmm. up scene because it was the. Now I forget her name, but she's like, "I didn't, I didn't kill him. I didn't I, kill I, him." I and then, the cold. Yeah, yeah, and then the the camera pans out, and her like guts are hanging outside of her body, like she's <laughs> expiring actively, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I. But yes. the, the so scene, there, the there scene leading up to that, that I was like, show. what are you doing? And then I saw them do it again in the eighth episode where uh, Brandon's walking through the Max facility prison looking for Darkstar. And he's like slowly creeping around corners. Like, I'm like, dude. At you're that, lo- you can say it. Yeah. You're looking for an obvious supervillain with an antimatter heart. He glows in the dark. And you're a freaking mm-hmm. superhero. Your dad's flying above you. Should be able to see him too. And this bro just snuck up on you. 
get out of here. I don't know. Like there were scenes like that that completely pulled me out of the show. But then I like quickly was like, whatever. It's just, you know, not everything's a hundred percent, but the rest of the yeah. show really pulls me in. The only other thing I was wondering is because I thought about it after I watched it last night. So Walter apparently clones dark star caused a whole problem to start this stuff off, but goes yeah. into the dead body's mind and then traps himself there. I was having a hard time figuring that out too. I, I was like, was this a play? I, I feel like, is it a play to get, was, your, to get your, to get your daughter back? In which I, case you just I, exposed way too much to her and ended up having to kill her anyway. Knowing exactly what no. she was going to do, so that doesn't I think make it sense. was a play. I was a play to get exactly. Um, I think it was. No, he didn't intend to get um, Utopian's wife in there, right? Yeah, gonna, that was an accident. He didn't know she was yeah, going. Right, and that's why he had to. I think stop with Sky Fox. I don't know. I, you're right. So we're talking about this right now. So. I don't know what the intention was that. Cause I remember I was like, he's, he's getting stuck. So if this was part of the plan all along, what, what is going on? I mean, I know so, his intention there was to frame Sky Fox. So he had yeah. already done that though, with the object, their father's watch inside the construct that was in the guy's body. Right. Right. So that immediately made them go dude, Sky Fox. Cause that's why utopian found Hutch and was like, take me. Oh, because that really wasn't Sky Fox. I, you're right. Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, this was just a whole play. This was just a setup, and it was going to be. I barely escaped. Sky Fox is behind all of this. My daughter saw it. This is where we are going to go. But he didn't intend on um, Jupiter's Jupiter Lady <laughs> Utopian what yeah. Lady Liberty going going in there. And then, of course, he spent too much time in there where his daughter just figured things out. Right. So maybe maybe that was it. So That yeah. whole thing, he could have yeah. just gone in solo, pretended he was inside the mind, which wasn't there. Right. And then, like, because they're not watching the fight on, because Fitz and his daughter are there, right? They're powering Darkstar's mm-hmm. dead brain so he can go yes. into it. But they're not watching anything on the monitor. Because when Lady Liberty comes out with Brainwave, Fitz goes, so what happened in there? So they obviously have no idea. So most of what Brainwave's doing in there is just for the viewer to watch, but ultimately means nothing. Right. It's for us. I was like, it was cool. I enjoyed enjoyed seeing Sky Fox because I like George in this outfit. I like Mm -hmm. to know that he's, oh, maybe, you know, he was a badass because we don't really get to see him do anything up to this point. But then after it happens, then you get to reveal that Brainwave or Walter is a bad guy and is the one that's orchestrating this. You're like, wait, then what did I just watch this whole 20 minutes of the show for? Yeah. Well, there, I mean, hey, you know, this is an end game. This is an Avengers. But uh... <laughs> this is this is certainly not Dave Filoni's Star Wars. It is not all connected. Right. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, but anyway, for what it is, I oh, think people overall, are going to tune in. Yeah, I say yeah. watch. I'll watch season two when it comes out. I will, but there's I'll, a, I'll, I, I can't wait for it. But 
Yeah. I like it for different reasons. It'll be good. I'm down. I'm down. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on, though, because, man, we still have so much to cover. This is going to be a long episode, and I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> it's not often I get to talk well, to Joe. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I'm having a good time. And if we need to skip anything, too, you know, we are dad. So All right. we have kids to, put, kids to put the bed and everything, so that's fine, too. All right, real quick, have you seen the most recent trailer for Loki, which drops yes. in just like two or three weeks now? Yes, I am uh, salivating at that because I think the Marvel train is getting into gear and it is... It is coming down the rails hot. It looks so awesome. Yeah. It's so Loki, uh, too. It's like classic Loki. Yeah, I, I like where they're going with this. I, I don't know what to expect. And I like that um, Loki is not in control. Or maybe he could be. We don't know. But it seems like he's not in control. And I like when he's not in control. Because I think Ragnarok is one of my favorite Marvel movies. And it was very much that. Where he's making mistakes. It's Loki. He's the god of mischief. He's not necessarily bad. But he's not necessarily good. Well, Let's this see one, what he can do. This one looks like... Uh... You know, Owen Wilson shows up as you know, Mobius, and he's like, hey, man, you've made a mess of the timeline. We have to fix that. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean we? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you're going to want to help us. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, Loki being Loki, the the time agency is like, you're going to help us, but we're not going to trust you. And it seems like Mobius almost wants to from the trailer, and then everyone working with him is like, have you lost your mind? Do you know who that is? Why would you trust him with anything? And mm-hmm. it's so it's very much back on brand for Loki, which I'm right. totally excited about. Uh, it also looks like he gets to play with some fun temporal anomalies that are real to us, like uh, the mystery of D.B. Cooper, uh, the guy who jumped out of the plane with all the money. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. They pull that scene in the middle of the show. Like you clearly see it in the trailer and you're like, Holy crap, Loki was D B Cooper. That is so awesome. <laughs> because of course they never I find did a not body. I did not catch that. <laughs> yeah, so the scene where Loki jumps oh, out of the plane and then you yeah, see yeah. like the it's not the uh the Bifrost Bridge. It kinda looks like it, but it's not because obviously he's not working with that. But like he gets teleported out of the air and all that is left is like a couple wads of cash that float through the air. Like, he's gone. Oh, I'm going to go back and watch that now. That is, see, if there's things like that, I am going to fall in love with this show. I oh, it's absolutely funny. fell in love with WandaVision. Yes. Um, uh, Winter Soldier, and I, I love Captain of, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon, now Cap, Cap and Falcon. Now Cap, or, um, new Cap. Or, yeah, Cap and Winter Soldier. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, this I'm feeling I'm gonna love it like WandaVision. I feel like I yeah I loved WandaVision when, especially once we hit episode four, like especially I like became mm-hmm. obsessed. Um, Falcon Winter Soldier was not was above Jupiter's Legacy for me, but there were scenes where mm-hmm. I was immediately pulled out and I was like, okay, look, a couple of things here, guys. <laughs> and the one that really pissed me off is and yeah, when Sam. As Captain America caught the bus. Okay. And I was like, okay, I understand those rockets are really powerful and Wakanda technology is pretty awesome. But Sam is still between the bus and those wings. He would be crushed. 
you did that's when you just gotta go he's got some type of tech in that in those fabrics yeah, i was like i don't know what that vibramian suit uh absorbs i thought it was energy or kinetic energy mm-hmm. uh but it's not gonna like it's not a hard shell because your face isn't covered dude and it's pressed up against the bus glass like your neck should snap off. Like, that is a two-ton bus, at least. Probably more. And you're just uh, going to sit there. You know what? Whatever. I'm not going to go on this tangent. Yeah, at, at, least, at least walking away with the rotator cuff there, huh? Oh, at it, least. It, or the scene where he, like, yeah. flies through the helicopter with hostages and is, like, grab the stick. And as soon as he, like, takes out, like, the evil, like, flag smasher, the chopper mm-hmm. immediately goes into a wicked tailspin. You're telling me the chick without the seatbelt can easily get into the front seat? During that, no, she's being ejected uh, immediately. I was like, "Yeah, okay, well, there, there all right, okay, okay." With this, suspend your suspend your belief. But overall, I love the show because I yeah. I, I obviously don't think that uh, you know the Winter Soldier could exist at all, or that Sam could fly <laughs> around in a jetpack suit like that. Like, I get it, I get well, it. But like those two scenes, I was just like, "What are they doing in this episode?" Which puts it a little lower for me on the Marvel Disney shows so far. Uh, but I still love it. It's, it's and, I, and I'm going to love Loki. Just, yeah. I, I, well, it's lower for me just because uh, those characters aren't really my favorite, but I enjoy it. What I, like my old point is with like Loki coming out, I'm getting excited. I'm getting excited because it's, it's, it's not fantasy as in like Lord of the Rings fantasy, but it's, it's, it's out there and that's what I want to see. And same thing with how WandaVision was out there. And you could say Falcon is out there too, but it's it's grounded in this set of rules where this whole thing is going to space. It's going to what we read in comic books, and that's what's getting me excited. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay, so we're definitely super excited about Loki. Yep. All right. Excited. Excited, yes. To see Uh, where it's going, to see where how this is going to add to the overall, the next Avenger movie. Right. That's where, I, that's to, what I'm excited for. To see how it adds into phase four. Yeah. I don't know. Like I was thinking about that. I was like, well, I guess WandaVision does have to end up in phase four. Cause she's in Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Oh yeah. Like there's no she, way she shows the up book there. Of the dead? Yeah. The dark hold. Yeah, which is going to be directed by Sam Raimi. And that blows me away because I love, love the Evil Dead movies. And the Necronomicon. Yeah. Yeah. And if he puts I made that connection skin, too. I was like, he's got to put the face on there. That would be oh so awesome. Can you imagine Doctor Strange and Wanda in a scene of very Sam Raimi? I, I, I get giddy over it. You know, it's, it's like the Doc Ock scene in Spider-Man 2. I... These movies are going to be amazing. I was just wondering if maybe we'll get the one scene uh, that is very much um, a product of the Evil Dead movie where the the camera is obviously handheld and it's low to the ground Mm -hmm. and it runs at the characters and you get that like zooming kind of like dread noise. I was like, that would be so great if they open one of the books and a spell comes out and it's coming at Steven and Wanda like that. I would... I would, I would be, I probably would giggle. You would hear me giggle. If I'm in a movie theater watching this, I probably would get out of my seat. I'm that animated because I love this. And if they did any of that or if Wanda like 
awaken a demon and it is a, a gangly white eyed deadite. I would be yes, and this is in Marvel. How fun would it be? Bring they, it all. Bring if, it on. If they cruise through the multiverse and they pass Ash, like, <laughs> like well, he does have he he did he, he's gonna be in a cameo, I guess. That's right. He, he, oh, even better. I think, even better. I think they could do it without explicitly doing it, and that would be much better. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, and anything Bruce Campbell does, he's so great. Yeah. But. yeah speaking of uh, Army of Darkness. Uh, I did watch Army of the Dead on Netflix, if we want to shift gears and go to uh, movies. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think this might be the one we omit. Like, we can briefly reference it, because I was going to dive into it, but I don't think we have the time for it. Uh, I will say oh, this. Yeah. This is why I will say. After seeing Dawn of the Dead back in 2004, which Zack Snyder directed, and it was like zombie apocalypse, mm-hmm. but all these people are stuck in the mall, uh, which, by the way, Ty Burrell plays a real a-hole in that movie. And that really oh. con- that really conflicts when I see him as Phil Dumphy from Modern Family. Uh, give me like 11 hey. solid seasons of being just the most wonderful human being I've ever seen on television. And then I watch Army. Hey, our it's day a credit of the day. to his, his craft. The credit to his craft. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a good uh, actor. He also plays um, Doc Sampson in The Incredible Hulk. In, in The Incredible Hulk. Yes, he does. That's right. He is Bruce Banner's therapist. Well, not yet. He's actually... Um, Betty's like potential side piece, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Which anyway, Betty is gone, but all right. Yeah. All right. Whatever. So anyway, see why I checked on her in real life. Is Liv Tyler. Okay. All right. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> let's move. Let's just keep it moving. Army of army of the dead. Uh, Drax is in it. Dave Batista is kind of the protagonist of the whole movie, but I just, honestly, I struggled to care about his character. It didn't feel like anything had stakes for him. Um, I was just like, okay, all right. I I'm gonna I'm gonna get to the point with with this for a little bit about you, and then we'll kind of see where I'm going. You're, you're going with this. Uh, one out of ten. What do you give the movie? I was entertained. I'm gonna mm-hmm. give it. I'm gonna throw it at. Ooh, it's close to a seven. It's close okay. to a seven because I knew what it was. Like obviously, I'm I'm watching a zombie movie, mm-hmm. and it's in Vegas, and obviously it's Zack Snyder. It's very over the top. Um, mm-hmm. in it for interesting slow mos and great visuals, but story was lacking for me. Purpose was lacking for me. Um, I don't know. I was not impressed by the zombies, the alpha zombies. I was not impressed mm-hmm. with a lot of the character development. There were a couple of characters. Mm-hmm. I think the actors really carried a lot of those scenes did you like the the german tape cracker yes yes because he was quirky he was quirky Mm -hmm. where everybody he what he did was he uh there were a couple of scenes where he throws it in your face that you're looking at a zombie trope like the scene where he's like okay okay wait real quick and it's in this middle of like this cutaway where it's all badass music video and they're like you know we're gonna kill zombies and doing the round the round shot yep and he's like okay okay, real quick how do you kill a zombie and everyone's just like what and you're like as a viewer you're like oh my god there are people who don't know how to kill zombies like you're you're like in disbelief too and you're like oh yeah i'm watching a zombie movie 
Uh, but if I was in that world and I had not been killing zombies, how would you know? You'd be like, <clears throat> so the undead are back. Uh, how do we make them dead? Right. Could someone right. please fill me in? Or, go ahead. I was just going to say the alpha zombies really, I didn't get it. I Like, all of a sudden, they're like, did. I understood that they were kind of evolved zombies. Like, they were like a higher level, almost like superhumans, just like, mm-hmm. they were like apex predators. I get it. But, like, what's their end game? What's their goal? They just want to live? They just want to have, like, yeah, kind of great. Have like As, zombie babies? Yeah. To quote Professor Gremlin in Gremlins 2, the new batch, we just want to live. <laughs> we just want to live. <laughs> we want a society. Uh, and that's what I think it is. I'm giving the movie an 8 out of 10. I like zombie movies. I mean, we live in a time where zombie movies are a dime a dozen now. Yeah, they're um, they're almost as bad as superhero movies. Like They're just you, yeah. everywhere you go. Right. So anything different, I tend to enjoy. I enjoyed the alphas because it was different. What I got out of it, and maybe this week, it's also because I also watched that documentary too with Zack Snyder, is he, these alphas are evolved alphas. And it originates with Zeus, that is the main zombie who starts it all, being an, alluded to an experiment government run experiment kind of alluding to maybe alien origins because it's coming from area 51 and you see the blue almost like this blue uh aura or almost light yeah yes light inside them when they're inevitably disemboweled uh you get to see the inside of them there's like this blue glow uh which you're right does make you think extraterrestrial uh because the rest of everybody that's popped open is just like it's like bad lasagna uh, you know, just gory. And, <laughs> it, I'm, right. Don't get me wrong. The the effects and everything, visually speaking, is entertaining. Oh, Zack Snyder is amazing yeah. at cinematography. He's one of the best out there. But I, I think but I, I, when I it comes where you're to story and, and character development and stuff like that, he struggles. Uh, perfect example. Remember that movie Sucker Punch? Yes. Super cool to look at. That was, that was probably mm-hmm. one of the most entertaining visually... Uh, movies I've seen, I'm not going to say ever, but like that movie held my attention and I will watch it again, but I cannot tell you anything important about the characters or how they change or what occurs. I can give you the overall plot, but I can't tell mm-hmm. you why it mattered. It was just really cool to watch like people fight like shonen, shonen giant ninja warriors with machine guns. I was like, oh, this is this yeah. is dope. It, it just all it, feels like an excuse to make cool action shots. Yeah. So if you take it at that, that's what I'm kind of looking at. I'm like, this is a zombie movie. It's got different elements. The alphas is pretty original. I, I kind of like that. It's evolved. I'm like, okay, so they're not out to eat brains. They're actually out to have a family, <laughs> which was crazy. I went, all right. I like the tiger, zombie tiger. I mean, for that, people who haven't that seen was this, new. this movie. That was is, new. That was interesting. Uh, I don't think that the alphas were very original. I mean, if you've seen I Am okay. Legend, you go, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this has been. Yeah. Done. So, like, you know, okay. the Omega Man. So, it's an evolved. Yeah, okay. So, it's an evolved. And even. I guess it's maybe it's a different take on it, I guess. But, a different take of a already done idea. But what I did like, there are no new ideas, just different ways to tell the story. 
uh, which is right. what I'm really cracking at. I'm like, the way you're telling the story is not great, but it is cool to watch. It's like Godzilla. Was I blown away by the story? I was actually impressed with Godzilla versus Kong because I was like, wow, they just really melded these two together pretty quick in just the opening title card. Uh, I'm on board. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like they tried to do a lot of that in this movie. And then you just feel mm-hmm. like nothing changed for any of the character. Every character you met, you're like, you're going to die. <laughs> like, I'm just meeting. Oh, yeah. I'm are just we, meeting are we doing you spoilers to here? die. Like, oh, yeah. Well, everyone dies. Was, yeah, everyone. Everyone except uh, Dave Batista's daughter. And even at the very end, the person who survived, you get alluded to, this is how the true apocalypse starts because he's yep. bitten by an alpha. And he, he's going to Mexico City, one of the heaviest populated plant, uh, cities in the planet. A dense, so, very densely populated area. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, all right. So for me, I, I like Zack Schneider. I think I, I'm on board with him again since Justice League. Um, but he can hit or miss. This one, I'm maybe it's because I'm off, I'm recovering, and I'm watching this. And I'm like, all right, it's entertaining me that I'm I'm liking it. I got you. By the way, just so I'm mm-hmm. clear, I liked it. Yeah. But if you know, if somebody was like, "Hey, should I watch this movie?" I'm gonna look really hard at that person and be like, "You might not like this." I thought it was cool to look at, and they'll be like, "Okay, all right." Like perfect example: Batman versus Superman. Yeah, this story's a mess. God, it's so cool to look at. There is some really cool stuff in this movie. But man, it's a mess. And then they just go, all right, cool. Rock on. I'm down for that. And you're like, okay, great. You're going to love this movie. And indeed you do. Yeah. I think think Batman Batman v Superman came out. I mean, that's going to be a whole other podcast about it. But that came out at the wrong time. Oh, we don't don't have time. We don't have time for that. I know. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I've never if wanted thing, to love something so much and just ended up being like, I can't watch this again because every time I watch it, I find new problems. <laughs> like, I, I just I can't. Justice League for me is what I think it came out at the right time, his his version, and I, I, I ended up going, I want to see more of this. Oh, the Snyder Cut. But it's, yeah, you have to be yeah, the Snyder specific. Cut, yeah. Oh, because, yeah, because not Justice League. Well, I watched Joss Whedon's Justice League. I was like, again, I really wanted to like this, but I don't. And then when I watched wow. the Snyder Cut, I was like, no, I'm back in. I'm back in. There's still problems with this, but I am back in. I, w- I would like to see more. It got me interested to see the Flash movie, which I was not interested in at all oh, before, well, the, the before the Snyder Cut. Snyder Cut gave uh, gave weight to Flash again and didn't use him as just a, a comedic Absolutely. sidekick. Absolutely. And it made, like, yeah, he saves the day. He saves the day. He saves the world. He like, saves like, uh, the, the flipping universe. Um, yes. Like, it, it's incredible. Um, and it looks like there's weight to what he did, which is why he gets the movie. Yeah, and he's doing it for his dad. And look at me, dad. Galactic dad. You know, I'm doing this. I am, Stop. I am Don't someone. Make me cry. Choose, Don't make me cry. Choose, choose your future. That's Jeez. a hell of a lot better than I just push people. I'm like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Thank you. I did uh, like that they, they kept the, what's your superpower? I'm rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, yeah, okay. Also, your car looks like a penis, but let's move on. Let's keep going. <laughs> right. All right. 
So Army of Dead, you gave it a 7 out of 10. I give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. I'd recommend it to anyone who just wants to be zombie entertained if you and like, doesn't really give a, give a crap. If you like zombie movies or violent, visceral films, you're going to like this movie. If you're a Zack Snyder yeah. fan, you're going to love this movie. Because it's everything you're normally looking for. Mm-hmm. Heavy, stylized visuals, cool CGI, I mean, and tongue-in-cheek visual gags. Come on, zombie Elvis impersonators is probably yeah. the funniest thing I've seen on Netflix <laughs> in the last two weeks. Well, the idea is actually kind of cool for people who don't know. It's, it's just it's a Las Vegas heist movie, so I think Ocean's Eleven but set during a zombie plague outbreak where they quarantine the entire the, city of Las Vegas. City. The premise before is Before it's going to get nuked. Yes. You know what? It's like Raccoon City. Yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly that. Because they end up nuking that bitch too. Yep. Which I'm still waiting for an amazing Resident Evil movie, but whatever. Those okay, are, those are in on. development, by the way. And they're set in 1998. Ugh. It's called Return to Raccoon City. And you get to see really? people in the middle of Raccoon City when the outbreak occurs that leads to Resident Evil 2. Yeah, God, I hope it's close to the source because those are some of my favorite video games of all time. Yeah, they but, actually move right. more towards horror on that one and stay away from the action uh, that the video right. games have recently abandoned uh, as of 7 and now 8. And uh, the movie. I'm hearing. Course. I'm hearing seven and eight are amazing. My bu- our Nick, who you know, my buddy Nick, he's he's ranting and raving around eight. He's Sansone? playing eight right now. Nick Sansone. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nick Sansone. Yeah. Hey, buddy. So. Uh. Anyway, <laughs> good stuff there, though. Yeah. Let's let's move on. Army Army of the Dead. Watch it. You'll be entertained, mm-hmm. especially if you're just looking for something new to watch on Netflix. Watch it. You'll be entertained. Uh. Don't be there for film critic action. Because you're going to be like, what's going on here? Uh, but moving on, moving on. Let's talk about something else that completely underwhelmed me. And I don't okay. and I don't know if that underwhelming intrigues me more about it. Uh, but the Eternals trailer, the latest movie uh, trailer that we've gotten from the MCU. Uh, it's more of a teaser right. trailer. And it's for the mm-hmm. Eternals. And I watched the teaser you, for it, and I was just kind of like, I see Angelina Jolie. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I, I see I see Icarus, I see some of the other Eternals, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. So I don't know much about the Eternals. I, I do know who they are. I do know the whole Jack Kirby and, uh, of you course. know, um, uh, Dickie Wren big eternal fan so i hear i just by being around him i absorb what he says this right you, brandon you share a lot of the sentiment of some of the people i've talked to where uh the take is uh, eh, like okay that seems underwhelming or like yeah for me i think it's because of that that i'm excited for it uh i look at that i i like movies and stories about human origins or like maybe humans evolving because uh, they were influenced by something else. So when it showed like a very primal earth and the eternal coming, that sparked my, sparked my interest because I, I like stuff like that. Think of like Prometheus by Ridley Scott. 
Um, some people hated that movie, and I'm like, I loved it just because of the idea of it. Now, the execution, that's a different story, and this could be the very same way, but this is Marvel. I like these actors. I like the Eternal comic books from, for what the, from what I know, so I have high hopes for this. Yeah, I do. And because it is kind of underwhelming, I know I'll get my action in Thor and Love and Thunder. I know we'll get in Avengers movies. That's going to knock me out of my seat. This, I'm, I'm ready for it. This, like with Shang-Chi, I'm ready for something a little different. I think, you know, it's important to note. Sorry, I was reaching over here to change the setting, but um, what you've said, I think, is pretty spot on. It's easy to look at this and be underwhelmed, like I said. Um, it, you know, the Eternals, again, are not the most well-known Marvel characters. You know, it's not like they're right. giving us X-Men or anything right here. Um, oh, man. The, yeah. the Eternals are even more obscure than the Inhumans. But I think that back when Marvel said, hey, we're going to do Guardians of the Galaxy... I remember looking around and going, who asked for this? I and say the same thing. I, I said this to Nick, again, to bring up Nick Sanzoni. I went, I have a hard time believing that the average goer is going to like a talking raccoon. Was <laughs> I wrong? I was Oh, we totally were so wrong. wrong. We were so wrong, well, which mm-hmm. was pleasant. And what I think yes. this is, and this is why I have an open mind for it. Um, uh, my mind is just, I'm like, okay. I'm not blown away by this yet, but I'm also mm-hmm. probably still very open to it because if Kevin Feige has taught me anything, it's I don't care what you're expecting. I'm going to give you a good story and everything mm-hmm. that goes along with it. You're going to love it. I don't care. And so far, so yeah. far, he has not been wrong. Even the movies in retrospect, mm-hmm. which are not the best Marvel movies, um, I know it's easy to kick Thor Dark World, even though I actually really like Thor Dark World. Um, I like the Thor movie. I, you know, one, I think, probably is probably one of the weaker movies. I think Dark World is better than one, and I know I could get in a lot of fights mm-hmm. over that. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to stick to it. I said what I said. But Iron Man 3, right? Like, yeah, not in love with that movie, but it's still like that's still an entertaining and good movie. You got a lot of stuff going on there that's really cool. Uh, Guardians of the you Galaxy. Ha- you have the Marvel action. Yes, you have the Marvel action with that, and it still carries on the story. It does. That's that's where the strength is. But in with this whole Marvel train with Eternals, I can't get over the fact that I'm like, how do I not know Angelina Jolie was in this? I'm like, I feel like I knew. Obama Hayek and... Yes, look at all these like incredible actors. Uh, was it Kit Harrington? Uh, mm-hmm. And that's where I think this might shine because if you do have... It's the actors that make it. I mean, think if they would have got a shitty Star-Lord, you know? <laughs> right. You'd have been like... You'd have been like, uh, I oh, what's going on? Yeah. The one group of people I trust more at Marvel than Kevin Feige is the casting department. Whoever their CPA, oh yeah, whoever their like right. main casting person is, knocks it out of the park every time. Every oh, single time, even like characters and, like Gamora, you're like, yeah, Zoe Al Sedana is Gamora. Like, there's no one else. 
Uh, you mm-hmm. can't see anyone else being the characters who are already there because they do so good at just embodying them. But the problem with that is that unless you're somebody like Dickie Wren, who is really up on their Eternals knowledge, you're like, you're not going to, you're like, what are these characters like? You, you don't even know. Well, that, well, you don't know. And that's why you get, I think, you with these actors who are proven and are good and you like looking at because that's what actors are. You like, you just like looking at their faces and looking how they deliver lies, lines. Um, they got to make it their own and they got to be like, oh, they made me like this character. So I think also with Kit Harrington and um, I, I forget the actor's name, but Icarus, there's going to be some Game of Thrones people going, oh my God, the, oh, yes. the Stark brothers oh, yes. are back. So I'm like, oh, they got that going for them. I, I think that was a good choice. <laughs> and so, I, I forget the really, the, like the hilarious comedic actor. Uh, I believe he is of Indian descent. Uh, He's in that movie yes. with Dave T- Batista. He's like uh, Stuber, or I I know exactly what you you're talking about. You know yeah, talking I about? can't remember his name. Anyway, yeah, so all I know is he's the dude who's like soft and and doughy and everything else. And then all of a sudden he's like, "Hey, Marvel called," and he got the Marvel body. And you're just like, "Marvel needs to call me. They could not put me in anything. That's fine, but my wife would be so happy." Oh my god! I got the Marvel you call. Had Marvel money and Disney money. I, I would even, finally be like, I would look at them and be like, dude, make me the rock. Come on. I know you guys can do this. I don't even make you, me the rock. You know what they do? They don't even waste time making somebody the rock. <laughs> Remember Paul Rudd in Ant-Man? And yeah. He, he comes out of the shower. He was like built like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. <laughs> I'm serious. This is what they do with these people. They're like, okay, so you're yeah, going to get exactly. a little bit of muscle mass, but we're going to shred you like a pulled pork sandwich. You hear me? And then they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay. Because remember Chris Pratt famously walked around with dad <laughs> well, that, and a bulging belly. And then all of a sudden Guardians of the Galaxy comes around. And now he's like leading man fitness. He's like, yeah, I, I can't believe I let myself ever get like that. Uh, look at me now, though. If anybody wants to wash their clothes on my abs, uh, no big deal. Well, that, that, that's even what the actor we were talking about said. He was like, I'm posting this. Because I want to let you know this isn't normal. I have Marvel back in me, and I had a whole year of the best Marvel can throw at me, and this is the product. And I was like, "What is his name? Oh it's going to kill me." I want, I want. Uh, I'll look it up. I'm like, I want that. Too. Oh, that's I it. That that's too. it. I was like, "Oh, uh, it's." Oh my God! Forgive me. Um, I said Indian descent. He's Pakistani American. My bad. It, it is uh, Kamal Nanajani. And he actually he has hilarious stand up. Like he is he's good comedy stuff. But yeah, you're right. He did post one on his own like social media. He was like, Look at this body. Uh this is not me gloating. This is one hundred percent a product that I was bought yep. and sold. Like Marvel did this to me. <laughs> and I'm all for it because I'm going uh, I would that would be a dream come true for me getting that call and I'd be like, Oh my god. I'm I finally going to have the butt I always wanted. The butt. <laughs> <laughs> New question. Hot take real quick. Yeah. If Marvel called you, you know, not even Marvel. It doesn't matter. Anyone, any comic book character. What is the character oh. that you wish you could play to get that you would uh, just completely buy in and be like, yes, Marvel, make me that. Bane or Apocalypse. You would be Bane. 
I could see that. Mm-hmm. One, I mean, I'm I'm being, you know, I it, I go. Yeah, you guys all heard my opinions on Bane. I love Tom Hardy, love him, but I'm like, yeah, can yeah, we, we have a? We could have been. Can we have a, a can, Bane that looks like me because he does look like me in the comics? You know, he's he's of Latino descent and Bane he's got a from... freaking luchador mask. Yeah, you know? that's why I love Sean Gordon and Murphy's Bane oh, uh, from I, the White Knight series. He is so spot on. Like, he is luchador to the extreme. It's almost like a Dia de los Muertos mask. Like, it's kind of like sugar candy scald, but it's still like the luchador yep. mask. And you're just like, man, that is so good. Uh, that's that's probably my, even though it's, I'm sorry if you hear my dog. Oh, um, that's okay. I thought my, it was your, my dog Vader going nuts. Vader. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a puggle. A puggle, black puggle, and his name is Vader. See, that's spot um, on. All right, so Bane. Yeah. Good. I like it. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite interpretations is with the whole desperado pants and like the, even the, the spurs. Oh, my gosh. Love it. But Perfect. Bane or Apocalypse, just because, one, I think I could probably... <laughs> Uh, do uh, ancient Egyptian apocalypse better, th- better than Oscar big, Isaac? Not saying that he's not a bad actor, but come on, I mean, yeah, that that whole. I, uh, I don't want to look like Ivan. Is. It's fine. Yeah, got, uh, and assuming apocalypse would have to be treated like Thanos. That's, Absolutely. Um, yeah, that that's just right off the bat. Who I always, I'm like, who would I be like? Oh yeah, heck yeah, you know. Uh, if I looked more of the part, my third cable cable was always my favorite. You know, that's, that's a touchy yeah. subject of changing someone's, you know, ethnicity in the comic book world. But, uh, all we gotta I would, do is I would love to do a, a little bit of gray hair, a metal arm and a yellow glowing eye. I think you'd be fine. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to do a cable. I was heartbroken that Brad Pitt couldn't be cable and he was the main choice. Uh, Josh Brolin came in and did did well. I could did a good job. When they said Josh Brolin's cable, I was like, "Yeah, he is." Like as soon as I heard that casting mm-hmm. news, I was like, "Mm-hmm, yep, mm-hmm. yeah." Me, I always have like a soft spot for Brad Pitt, and because he could pull it off. And like you look at him in Troy, and uh, and you look at him in Theory. I don't know if you ever seen it, the tank World War Two tank movie. Oh yeah, you Fury. see him in that, and yeah. and I go, yeah, and I go, oh gosh. That's a good point. That's the same hairstyle. That's the same hairstyle. Yep. Yep. You're right. He was. He was. He was. And even when we when we met um, Rob Liefeld, he even backed it up. I asked him about it uh, when we got it signed, and he goes, "Yeah," but it was all because he was scheduling. He had to back out, so he felt bad. And he asked Ryan Reynolds what he could do. So Ryan Reynolds just said, "Well, come and do that." um, They made him the Vanisher. Yeah, the vanisher. So he had like an hour worth of filming, and he goes, <laughs> and, and and Ryan Reynolds, I guess, said, uh, "What do you want to be paid?" And Brad Pitt just said, "Give me coffee." So Ryan Reynolds bought him a freaking coffee and drove it to his house. <laughs> That's amazing. But true story, he was cable. He just scheduling. Oh my god, That's okay. I'm okay with getting Jasper. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about mine. Who I would be. I think. 
if I went just on appearance and if I got Marvel money to back me and, and transform my body, I could probably pull off a pretty decent Wolverine. I would have to be old man Logan I now, since absolutely I'm, since I'm going so gray. <laughs> ah, but that's we we age we we are distinguished. But I also, I also think I could pull off a uh, if it you know just whatever. I'd need a lot of CGI for this, but um, Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern. Oh, I could oh I can absolutely see that. Like that one, I think I could pull off. I think I could do that. I, I don't know. There was that picture that you and your wife posted, and you said, uh, oh. Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that Go one, ahead, Brandon. Yeah, absolutely. That one was actually pretty good because someone took that photo, and then yeah. I saw it, and I was like, hey, Marvel. I know you guys don't yeah. have the rights yet, but uh, may I humbly suggest you cast myself right. and my wife as Reed and Sue, Sue Richards? Yeah, she looks she looks banging in that photo. Like, you know, it's on my highlight reel. Anyway, <laughs> love you, babe. Um, but the only reason why I looked at that and went, one, she actually looks like she could pull off like a Sue Storm in that one. Uh, but mm-hmm. my hair is completely gray on the sides, but dark on top. And I was like, all right. That's what I was looking at. I was like, I didn't see that before. I went, oh, I, like, I think I showed people. I was like, look at Brandon. I was like, guys, this is natural. Like, this is how I look. But we have to film now uh, because obviously right. it's not going to stay this way. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, all right. But well, you have that, huh? Yeah. That's, that's a good question. I like that question. Moment. It's a good one. Like, who would you Let me be? steal it. I may feel it for our next recording. That's a good one. That one's good. Yeah, you should definitely feel that around the table for the comic shop couch. I'd be interested to hear. Oh, gosh. Marco, I could say this is going to be a big nerd comic book thing. Marco, he'd probably be like Morph from oh, Age my. of Apocalypse in the 90s. <laughs> That's such if a you good You know one. what I'm talking that, about. That Morph is so good. That, that, that is so good. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that fits, that fits Marco. I think think of that morph and I try to think of him in any other artist interpretation. And all I see is, um, Oh, my mind just keeps saying I'll sue, but Joe Medora. Did I say that right? Joe Madera. Yeah. Um, My favorite artist of all time. And that I had a true geek out moment when I met him and he sat next to me at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Madera. Joe Mad. Yeah. His morph from age of apocalypse is the one I always see. But anyway, yeah. all right, we digress. Let's yeah. get back to it. Let's get back right. to it. God, we all could right. geek out for hours. This is amazing. All right, so the Eternals trailer, underwhelmed mm-hmm. by the initial trailer, but still totally looking forward to it. I am, uh, I get the underwhelming, but I think that's having the opposite effect. I think that's why I am looking forward to it. I got you. Yeah, because you don't know what, what I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I dig it. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the last piece of movie news that I have uh, that kind of ties into video games, and that is it was just announced last week that uh, DC's Injustice was getting adapted into an animated feature uh, from DC, and I'm so stoked for that. And by Injustice, I mean like the Injustice Gods Among Us, the video game. Mm -hmm. But I'm intrigued to know if they mean they're adapting the video game or the comics that were based off the video game, uh, Injustice Year One, Year Two, all the digital firsts that just became incredible collected editions with 
phenomenal stories. I want to know I don't, which one we're getting. I don't know much. I mean, I was into the video game. I am a huge Mortal Kombat fan. So, yeah, of course, yeah, this, this kind of tied it. Yep, it kind of t- tied into that. So, I, I did a little bit of injustice the game. So, that's as far as my knowledge goes with that. The comic books, I'm not, I don't really, don't really know. So, if I'm guessing, I, I would probably say like a mix of both, really. It depends I mean, how much the, backstory. The stories really on. differ. Well, one builds off the other. Mm-hmm. So the comic books are just a continuation of the first game. Okay. So I would say probably both. Yeah, because if they fold in any of Injustice, the second game, it's gonna like it. It just naturally lends to the comics and, a little bit. So, are you telling me this is a live action thing? No, it's animated. Oh my gosh! If it was, that, if it was live action, okay. it, it would be. I'm not, not going to say as graphic as well. Invincible's animated, so it's hard to tell. But this this might be okay. one of those DC animated rated R features. Like uh, got it, okay. Like Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, right? If it's that, then I'm gonna say it's probably comic book based, more more comic book based. Um, sorry, I I knew you said animated. I just was go. I was just going uh, to bring it up again. Snyder's uh, Dark Side feature movie. I was like, uh, I don't think I would do that with that that kind of hanging in the future, but. If it's animated, I could see DC Warner Brothers going the comic book route because that's what they tend to do with they those do. animated movies. They do, which, by the way, is great. I, man, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed Apocalypse War. But anyway, that's like big news. I, like, I, I can't wait to see that animated feature because that's such a good storyline. Well, Superman going nuts. <laughs> yeah, so Joker tricks Superman into killing his pregnant wife, Lois Lane. Uh, oh gosh! And then Superman just completely eviscerates Joker, like he kills him, uh, and then mm-hmm. that kind of sets the stage for Superman being like, "I'm done being a reactive. The world needs to be led," and he becomes this tyrannical monarch. And Batman leads the resistance, of course, because why not? Um, right. But it's kind of it was like really good stories. Like you get to see all these characters pick a side. It's like civil war to the max, uh, because instead of just being like, "Hey, I'll sign the Sokovian Accords," or "Hey, I'll sign the Superhuman Registration Act," and, and mm-hmm. publicly unmask, uh, nope. It's I'm either going to join your totalitarian world regime, or I'm going to be like a rebel, just like fighting you guerrilla warfare style, <laughs> like it, and people die, which is. It's pretty crazy. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. I'll enjoy it. I know I'll probably uh, uh, raw um, from the couch. He, he all he's always into the animation, and me and him a few few episodes. We kind of go back it. We play it up a bit. Uh, I'm more of a CG guy. Like I, I want CG. I, I love animation, but I, I want CG. And he is all animation, so we go back and forth. So I know he he probably will have that thing downloaded, and he'll be telling me how how it is the moment it's out, oh, and day, then I'll I'll casually tune in. Day of for sure. Oh yeah. 
All right. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. I can't wait to see that. Of course, we'll probably have more news as that develops on that front because I want to know who's voicing everybody. Who's going to be the voice of Superman? Who's Batman? You know, who is everyone? Uh, so I just want to know. Uh, at this point, we would normally jump into comics, but we don't have time. Like I got all this stuff that I really want to talk about, but it would take a long time. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know if you're a current comic reader. Are you caught up on anything right now? I... I am, but I, I go, it's like a hit or miss. Some, like me, a couple months, I'll be really into something, let me and then you. I just totally drop off. What was the last thing you read? I read the war between Apocalypse in X-Men books, uh, Sword of X. Oh, so you right, read where Apocalypse okay, was Where Apocalypse was taking on his wife. Gotcha. Oh, so you're going to fight. You're semi-recent. That's only a few months back. I got you. Yeah. Okay. That's the last thing I read. You picking up Hellfire, the Hellfire Gala that comes out later this month? No, I know what you're talking about. I've seen some pictures of it, and it's very intriguing. It is. I may. It's like fashion. I may. Anyway. I heard nonstop Spidey is amazing. I heard they went back to 90s action comics, and uh, Chris Bachelo? Yeah. Bachelo? Chris Bachelo. Pacello, mm-hmm. he does the art, and he was one of my favorites growing up. Yeah, so he, I, I may get that. That one does sound. That one does sound good. I know that's on issue. I think issue three is about to come out, so you still have plenty mm-hmm. of time to pick that up. Uh, personally, myself, I am a little behind on stuff. Not months behind, but I'm probably about a good month behind because. Uh, I really want to read Heroes Reborn number three, Spider-Man number 65, which the King's Ransom storyline going on through there is so phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Nick Spencer just keeps killing it on Spider-Man. He's doing a great job. Uh, Batman the Detective, written by Tom Taylor, uh, with art by Andy Kubert. Uh, I have number two. It's right over here. I'm staring at it right now, and I cannot cannot wait to read it. I think those two are doing a private signing at CGC. Yes, they are. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Geiger, number two, which is the image book from Jeff Johns and uh, Gary Frank, uh, who were the creative team behind the Batman Earth One, uh, number one and number two, and also Doomsday Clock. Uh, they have a creator-owned book out of image called Geiger, and I'm just kind of intrigued really? by it. Yeah, so I want to check out number two, uh, which I'm also I'm looking at my pile of to read over there. It looks really good. Um, I yeah, have a. That's, uh, I, mean, I have a Jeff Johns, Gary Frank, Action Comics recalled one where they he drew Clark having a beer with Hawk Oh Kent, yeah, and they Jonathan and they recalled Kent. that. Yeah, I got that nine nine eight CGC, so I'm pretty happy about that. So as I, soon as they do a signing, I, I may hate you. I, I hate you. That. I hate you. <laughs> I'm so green with you right now. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's it. But also right now, I just want to point out that next month coming up really soon, uh, you can get a book from Vault Comics called Barbaric Number One, uh, and it's written by Michael Morrissey. For those of you who are very familiar with the show, you'll remember he was one of our earliest creator interviews. And I'm trying to work out a deal with him now uh, to where he'll be back on the show to talk about Barbaric. Uh, but that will be in shops later oh, awesome. this month, and I'm super excited to read it. He has a Sentinel Axe. Uh, the barbarian does, who uh, gets drunk on blood. So the more he kills people, like the drunker he gets. 
Uh, but there's a twist to it. Like he can only do violence in the name of good, which is insane. It's, it's, it's such a good, like I, I got the first. That is a crazy. Wow. Uh, all yeah. right. So the barbarian was cursed uh, to do only good, uh, which is a curse for a barbarian apparently. And uh, just the way he goes about <laughs> it and the way he has conversations with his ex who has this incredible like skull face on one of the blade sides. Like it's just, the art is incredible yeah. and the artist's name escapes me right now, which is such a disservice because it's beautiful to look at. Uh, the book is very clever and it's just nonstop bloody fun. It's just, it's great. Uh, so I definitely want to mention that. Hopefully we get that uh, working down the pipe. Um, but otherwise that is it for comics and I'd love to do some dad jokes, but we are so tight on time. I think we're just going to push this bad boy right through to the end, if that's okay with you, Joe. That is fine. I had a great time catching up, talking with you, talking everything that we love. Thank you for having me on. I think we're going to have to do this again. Oh, absolutely. And maybe this time I'll come onto the comic shop couch and we'll we'll like, I'll sit on the couch and be like, this smells like piss. Who peed here? They usually did. I'll be like, Marco. <laughs> and he'll be like, yeah, I, I had a big gulp. What do you want? What do you want? Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll rock on. Well, real quick, we got to hit up our Patreon shout outs. I know we mentioned the Patreon uh, opportunity earlier in the episode, but uh, because we have Joe on with us today, it adds for a really fun opportunity. Uh, first of all, if you hit a uh, producer level tier of support for the Patreon, we mention your name in every single episode. Uh, so, of course, I want to mention our supporters. Uh, big shout out to Keith Jefferson, the OG uh, Patreon supporter right out of the gate with a producer level support. Uh, self-described geek, fantastic father in his own right. Of course, we want to talk about Rob Ryan, whose name I love, uh, but is a great uh, tabletop gamer and recently just bought his own condo. Uh, so we appreciate his support because, you know, closing costs are crazy right now. And then we also want to say a big thank you to Special K. And I love Special K because uh, he is also Obi Sean from the Forest Dyad podcast, uh, which is a Galactic Dads Media Network show all about Star Wars. So you guys should definitely check that out too. Uh, but for all of those folks, we appreciate their support. So they have earned this. And then that brings me to our last uh, Patreon supporter, who is an I Love You 3000 member supporter on the Patreon. Uh, And that is the highest level of support. So, of course, not only do they get to be mentioned on the show, but they have the opportunity to be on the show. And, of course, the person I'm talking about is Joe Perezident. Right, Joe? Right on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You get to be on the show. I appreciate your support. (laughs) Oh, always. Always, Brandon. It's like I said, I'm very impressed with where you're going with this, and I look forward to doing this again. I, this I, was fun. We'll have to make it a thing. We'll make it a thing it's where we just trade off on each other's shows every once in a while. <laughs> we'll we'll have to have we'll have to have a a person standing there and going, "Come on, yeah, come, come on. on, next yeah. one for me, next one for I, me." I could get so sidetracked yeah. talking about all this. Go, keep going, keep going, mm-hmm. quick. Yeah, editing's exactly. going to be fun. I'm actually going to let most of it fly, though. We'll be good. But anyway, listen. Oh, yeah. Anything anything you think that uh, sounds dumb coming from me, you have my full permission to edit out. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to say that. I want a much of a show. Come on, stop it. <laughs> 
All right, but listen, thank you for being on the show, Joe. Uh, but, hey, as we finish these beers and say cheers, we thank all of you guys for listening. Please remember to like, rate, review, and share the podcast, no matter what platform you're listening to us on. Uh, check out that patreon.com slash galactic dance for bonus episodes exclusive only to Patreon subscribers and much more exciting content. Plus, you get to get your hands on sweet Galactic Dads merch. So listen, guys, till next episode, thanks for listening, and keep on doing the dad thing.